Monday morning. It's hour number two. Uh, KFI AM 640. Bill Handel here. All right. Uh, rainy morning. Drizzly, depressing coming in this morning. I hate the rain. I also hate the sun. And uh, when it's nice and sort of too. It's just the way I roll. You know how, how it is? Are you surprised I don't have many friends? Uh, probably not. Okay. 800-520-1-KFI. 800-520-1-THE-LAW. Marginal legal advice. Where I, Bill Handel, tell you whatever your name is, you have absolutely no case. Always fun. Uh, there is a case out of Chicago. I love this. Not, and I know a lot of people who do. They're not friends, but I know a lot of people who do. And you, uh, a few years ago, they instituted the extra value meal. Well, uh, there is a class action lawsuit that has been filed against McDonald's for duping customers. Why? Kelly Kyleen went into a Chicago McDonald's and bought a sausage burrito breakfast extra value meal for $5.08. But she argues the value part of the extra value meal description is deceptive and it's false advertising. Why is that? Because... If you take the extra extra value meal and you buy every item separately, two sausage burritos, hash browns, a coffee, that would have cost a total of $4.97 instead of the $5 and eight extra value meal costs more by nine cents than all of the ingredients bought separately. Fraud. Total deception. Judge Elaine Bucklow, federal uh, district court judge, uh, obviously a big fan of McDonald's, said to the attorneys uh, for uh, Miss Killian or Miss Colleen, saying, hey, let's look at the board. Okay? Up there. Extra value meal, $5.08. And if you add up all of the figures... Separately, it comes to $4.97. Just compare the prices, you moron. Do some math. It's right up there. They don't claim that the extra value meal is uh, is cheaper or is more expensive. Now, I have to tell you, I would have, I may have gone the other way. I may have gone the other way. And the judge wrote, just because some consumers don't want to bother to compare prizes doesn't mean they can claim they've been fooled. See, I would argue that as soon as you see extra value uh, meal and there's a price, how many people then go and separate out the items and the individual items cost less? I never have. I never have. I do know that the it, every time I bought an extra value meal, I you know save thirty cents, save forty cents. That's what I thought. As a matter of fact, if you add up separately, how much is a fries at McDonald's? I don't know, a buck and a half. And then you have the Big Mac. My favorite is the Big Mac. I just like that flavor with the super special sauce that no one knows what the hell it is, other than some weird variation of Thousand Island dressing. So, 
I, I actually would have gone the other way, just to let you know. All right, uh, let's go ahead and uh, pay uh, or uh, take some phone calls. Uh, let's start with Tamika. Hi, Tamika. Hi. Yes, ma'am. Um, so I need to know if I can serve a cease and desist letter to a guy who did some work on my vehicle and he actually damaged it, so I had to take it over to the dealership to get it fixed. And I took it back to the guy and he said the damage he didn't, like I didn't need it. He said you don't need um, a rocker and a frame and all this stuff, which I know is completely stupid. So I want to get a cease and desist letter. All right, wait, wait, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Uh, Did you have to pay any money out of pocket to do all of this work? Yes, I paid... um, I paid the the dealership, and I got my money back from him. Okay, so you so you all right? More money. Got it. So at this point, you're legally you are done. You were paid back your damages, correct? Yeah. Okay. So now, what do you want to do a cease and desist letter for? Don't Call against them because why? I don't know. I went down there and they said, um, "Well, you need more information," and I was like, oh, "Okay, great." Okay, what, is, what does that mean? If he threatened you and you put down the time he threatened you, what he said, uh, if it's done in writing, you you walk in the door of the courthouse and you go, here you go. You sign an affidavit and you're going to get a temporary restraining, uh, restraining order in about 12 seconds. What am I missing because he here? Because he, he said he wanted to square up with me and square up. Wait a second. He said that in a, at, at a hearing, at a restraining order hearing? No, no, in front of my house. He All right, did you go, like did you, days. have you gone to court? And try to get a restraining order. I have, and they said that it's not enough. Who said it's not enough? The San Diego County Courthouse. Okay, the ju- well, courthouses don't talk. Did the judge well, say it's not yeah. enough? No, it was the people that do the paperwork. Okay, did you ask them what is enough? Yeah, she said um, to give video cameras, so... I- that's a crock. That's a crock. I don't get that at all. You have to go down. All you need is an affidavit and the time, the date, how long, what was said during that. Because here's the problem. A cease and desist order is far less powerful than a restraining order. All a cease yeah. and desist order effectively says is stop this or I'm going to get a restraining order. So okay. something happened at that courthouse that is very wrong. And you, okay. ha- you have very bad advice. Go to another clerk and uh, here's what you just look up what you need for a restraining order. Some specifics. You don't need to have a video camera videoing the guy. Uh, that's crazy. Well, and he's also damaged. He keeps putting this like horrible tape with these notes on my car. Okay, then you then you do then, you, th- then just to video it, and then you're fine. You'll get you'll get your restraining order. Okay, so don't even bother with the cease and desist because it I doesn't do anything. Time. A cease and desist <laughs> order tells him you're going to go to court. Why wouldn't you just go to court? Okay. 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 All right. There yep. you go. Something something doesn't make much sense. Uh, if there's a harassment, there should be uh, a cease and desist pending uh, a, a hearing. Uh, really strange. All right. Uh, Sylvia. Hello, Sylvia. Hi. Yes. Uh, yes. Sixteen years ago, um, I adopted a granddaughter after my daughter's death. I'm an 80-year-old widow. She was entitled to any benefits and was told no. That's the time of of the adoption. That was 15 years ago you were told no, correct? Uh, 16 years ago. 16 years ago. All right. Yeah. So then, uh, oh, I decided a number of years later to try it again, and I did, and was told that she could receive benefits anyway to recover. Yeah, you know, that's a good question. That is a good question. How far back do they go? Uh, There is retroactive Social Security. There's no question about that. 
Now the issue is how far back they go. I would uh-huh. certainly try it. All you do is make an appointment. Sure, sure. Because when I call, they say no, no. Well, only, if they said no, time. only for how long? They say only you can only get it from the time you actually apply. Okay. Well, they went. Uh, I know someone who went and got uh, well, but it was only two months back. Uh, but uh, when you said, "Who told you that?" Was it a phone call? It was a phone call. Then you, uh, you may have gotten wrong advice. Make an appointment. Make an appointment, go down there and sit in front of a, uh, a Social Security clerk. Now, they may be right. Uh, I, I, I don't know enough about Social Security, and uh, they, they might be totally right for what I know. I know that many, many cases, uh, retroactive payments are uh, absolutely okay. I think unemployment retroactive payments kick in. I think disability retroactive payments kick in. Social Security, I have no idea, which is always, according to this show, far better for the purposes of this show. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, take a break. This is Handle on the Law. Handle here on a uh, Saturday morning. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you you have absolutely no case. Armando, hello, Armando. What can I do for you? Has uh, written out a willing uh, uh, living trust. How can you make sure? Yeah. You can't. You can't, Armando. That's not good. No, you can't. I mean, uh, uh, explain to me... Uh, number one, why you think she has, what she's saying. I don't quite know what's going on here. She says she has. I have five brothers and sisters, uh, and she's worth, you know, quite a bit of money. Um, and she says she has. And um, I said, okay, well, can I see it? Just to, because she's a procrastinator, and I, I don't think she has done it. And she says, well, why do you want to see it? I said, because I want to make sure you've done it, Mom, because I don't want to be. Right, I'm half. When you say. Uh... Oh. If you had to guess, neighborhoods about three to five million. Three to five million. So let's call it yeah. uh, just to make it easy. There's six of you. Yeah, but one one's been uh, uh, disowned. Okay, so there's five of you, right? Yeah, five of us. All right, so let's call it five million dollars uh, divided by five. Okay, one. That's a million dollars each, right? Yes. Have any of your siblings seen the trust? No, not that I know. Okay, of. so. Uh, here is uh, the news. Number one, it's your mom's money. She can do whatever the hell she wants with it. She can leave it in the True. will. She can spend it. She can give it to the whales. Uh, she can distribute it. She can distribute it any way she wants. She cannot leave a trust, establish a trust. It's all hers. So uh, here is, if she dies intestate without a will, without a trust, then what ends up happening is the five of you inherit the money anyway. Yes. Okay, if there is a trust... Then the money is distributed pursuant to the trust. My kids have never seen my trust. Ever. And they probably won't. Does that mean I don't have a trust? I tell them I have a trust, but they will never see the trust. And it could be that I've screwed them out of money or decided to leave it to someone else, and it doesn't matter. It's my money. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to do the math. And that is uh, your million dollars given to your brothers and sisters where you're being screwed out of the money, figure out how much more money they're going to get, okay? Bob. Hello, Bob. You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. 
Hey, Bill. Yes, sir. Uh, lease, leased a condo furnished through a leasing, a leasing agent and uh, moved out on the end of uh, the lease date. We had the inspection that day. The leasing agent claimed that there, the inspection was not signed off. No, All right. There was nothing in, nothing in writing. Okay. Uh, and they're claiming $1,000 in damages, uh, and they withhold $1,000 yeah. from, the, from the deposit. Right. I'm, I'm now... We have photographs before and after tenancy. Oh, good. We we filed uh, small, small claims. claims action, small claims action against them. Four months later, they are coming back and countersuing for an additional seven hundred. Yeah, that's easy. That's easy. First of all, your lawsuit is going to go forward. They're countersuing, so it'll be combined in the same lawsuit. Uh, Correct. And are they are they are they entitled to come back and claim damages four months? Sure. After? Terrible for them. Especially if you have before and after pictures and you're suing for $1,000 and all of a sudden magically there, there are additional damages that show up. And uh, it's uh, it totally uh, – if, if, if you look at the pictures and they've come up with damages that appear to be manufactured. Now, keep in mind, they just can't say they're damages. Uh, they have to bring in proof. You have proof that there, there are no damages based on what you Correct. said. Correct. They Correct. are not going to have proof that there are unless they come up with, uh, do, are they going to manufacture damages? Well, that's the thing. For all we know, they had a tenant in there after us. That's, well, you can ask that question. And, and afterwards. Uh, right. No. So the, the apartment was vacant for four months. Is that correct? Uh, yes. In the hottest real estate market that we've had in 10 years. Do I have that right? Oh, exactly. Yes. In a very hot yes. area. Right. Uh, by the way, uh, did you try advertising? Uh, you know, it, 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 is there any place I can find advertising? No, uh, that you uh, ran an ad, which of course there will be, because they do. I think you've got a winner on your hands. I really do. Secondary question: uh, I've, I'm suing everybody who touched this thing, including the leasing agent. Sure. Although the although the, the, the lease agreement indicates that the leasing agent is not responsible. Doesn't matter. For Doesn't matter. Let them all walk in the door. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they, they, that's a defense. That doesn't stop you from suing. That's just their defense. Right. And they stood in the shoes of the landlord. The landlord's yeah. out of state. Yeah. So it's, here's the argument is you're not liable except for wrongdoing. Right. Except uh, you're not liable in general. But if you're acting as an agent for, I would argue that there is liability. It doesn't matter. You sue everybody. You did it absolutely right. You sue everybody's right. butt off. You'll be okay. Excellent. You'll be fine. Did everything right. Everything right. Now, when I asked about signing off, uh, that's always very important. It's here it is. The apartment is clean and pictures before and after. And it's there could be some argument as to the timeline with the pictures. There is no argument whenever there's a sign off and a date. This is handle. Oh, no, let's just uh, let me tell you about LifeLock and uh, what happened a couple of weeks ago with my daughter. Uh, you know, I've been a customer of LifeLock for, I don't know, 10 years, whatever. Uh, my entire family, because everybody's susceptible. So a couple of weeks ago, my daughter gets a phone call that someone had uh, tried to get a, a loan in her name with her Social Security number. Identity theft. LifeLock called her and shut it down. Done. Over. And that's happened a couple times over the uh, decades. Now, there are so many threats in today's connected world that what LifeLock has done is added uh, Norton Security. Not only is your identity protected now, but also Norton Security that helps protect your devices on top of that. 
And if you have a problem with your identity or a problem with a break-in, uh, they have agents who will work to fix that problem. Now, no one can prevent every cyber threat or prevent all identity theft or monitor every transaction, every business. But new LifeLock with Norton Security is able to uncover threats you probably would otherwise miss. And you know what a fan I am of LifeLock. Go to LifeLock.com, promo code HANDLE for 10% off your first year. LifeLock.com, promo code HANDLE, or call 800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code HANDLE, 800-LIFELOCK, promo code HANDLE. This is HANDLE on the Law. Saturday morning, 800-520-1-KFI, 800-520-1534. Back we go, more handle on the law, marginal legal advice. Uh, hey, Victor, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hey, Bill. Yes. Uh, question for you. I'm calling for my 18-year-old daughter. 15 years ago, her mom passed away due to a car accident. Her family sued. There's a settlement. They won. Uh, now 18, her dad will not disclose to my goddaughter who holds the settlement because she's owed, I believe, $20,000. It was $20,000 then, correct? Uh, oh, yes. Okay, so she gets $20,000, uh, and there has to be, and she was an infant at that time, I'm assuming. Of course, sure. was. If she's 18. She was basically almost, basically just born. So uh, there had to be a guardian ad litem. There had to be someone who effectively was a trustee for that money. Her dad. Her dad. Uh, she has the absolute right to demand how much money is in there. And, and I heard that hasn't been part of her life ever since maybe she was two. Yeah. So the point is she has to, well, first of all, he can't do anything other than invest the money. He can't okay. touch that money. All he has to do is guard the money and invest it reasonably. And uh, there's going to be a whole issue as to whether he has or not. But she has the absolute right to find out how much money. And, and so uh, unless it's 20, well, he could wait till she's 21. But I would still say I have the absolute legal rights fees. Okay. Uh, you cannot do that. This is my money. What, what kind of lawyer would that be? Any lawyer. It doesn't matter. You just want a letter. But uh, you can go to the website and you know, handle on law.com because any lawyer will write that letter. And now it's what? And it's one of those things where I think the judge will give – uh, the uh, lawyer's fees will make the dad pay lawyer's fees. Uh, wow, it, this sure. really sucks. Whenever a father yeah. says, I'm not going to let you know, something's going on. Yeah, and we, we've asked him, and he says, I don't want her, I don't want her to hold the money because she's going to blow it on what? It may be, but it's entitled to her. It depends on the state. Uh, some 18, some 21. But I have to tell you, at the end of that period, when she's entitled to the money, dad has nothing more to say. Yeah. Legal right. Uh, my kids uh, received money uh, when they were bought mitzvahed, and it's uh, it, it's still tied up uh, because they've know. never they've never asked for the money, and I'm the guardian ad litem. So what I'm probably going to do is never tell them because they've forgotten already. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's just at some point the statute's going to be blown, and I'll be able to spend the money. Uh, but oh, they're wow. absolutely entitled uh, to that money. So uh, yeah, yeah, when, you know, whenever I'm not telling you, uh, that's not good news. That really isn't. Mike, 
Hello, Mike. Welcome hey. to Handle on the Law. Yes. Hey, Bill. Yeah, I, w- I want to take a uh, customer to a small claims court, and I want to know if I'm going to have a case or not. Uh, they're refusing to pay me for work. This has been done through texting and uh, person-to-person. Yeah, well, forget about the person-to-person. Let's talk about the texting, because person-to-person is too easy to deny. Okay. Uh, they- does the texting indicate what kind of work you're going to do and how much they're going to pay you and when they're going to pay you? It show it texts uh, the uh, what I'm going to do the plumbing work I'm the invoice for and my son was there when the, he witnessed. Well, son's witnessing and, doesn't mean anything. But and, so, what's your question? Well, I want to know if if I take him to small claims court, do I have a case? Yeah, you do. I, I do have a case. Yeah, and here is the issue: what they're they're not going to deny that you didn't have a contract because there it is in writing. Uh-huh. Uh, they're not going to say the only issue is uh, how much is that worth. And you walk in and say, it took me X number of hours to do this, and here is what I charge. This is what I told them, and I think the judge is going to have a hard time not And when you were a physician, a surgeon, how much did you charge an hour? Because I knew you gave that up. How many hours did you spend doing that? Uh Probably about five. All right. Hours to do what I did, and here is what I did. I mean, you can make a a good case even verbally, correct? Right. I think you're okay. Okay, one other thing, real quick. The... They are not the homeowners. They are renters that I've worked for for 20 years. You're fine. You're fine. Yeah, no one's going to argue that. Yeah, just, uh, yeah. uh, When you do that, uh, there's no way around it. Uh, Kelly. Hi, Kelly. You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Bill. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Quick question. I was walking with a friend of mine in San Juan Capistrano and up a slight incline, and it was very clear, or it is very clear, there is a, and we're talking, and I tripped over it, landed smack dab on my elbow, and this is about a month and a half ago. So I waited because I could move my elbow. And then it just got, the pain got increasingly worse. Right. I went to the ER. I had an x-ray done, no fracture. The, I was told to have an MRI, which I did just recently, and have come to find out that uh, I have two tendons or ligaments that are damaged. Um, are you going sure. to need surgery? I'm not sure yet. Okay. Um, but here's my question. Uh, one, somebody's going to get injured worse than I am. Um, but sh- I called a PI attorney, but they said this isn't the type of case they take to maybe go to uh, somebody that handles government issues. Um, I'm not too happy, but pain yeah. is so, horrible. Got it. What's your uh, question, my dear? What should I do? All right. Should I go first, for it? Yeah. Uh, well, okay. First of all, uh, whenever anybody said, I don't want this to happen to anybody else, uh, that's a crock to me. Okay? It's never about the money. It's always about the money. And frankly, well, and frankly, anybody says, oh, I never want this to happen to anybody else, uh, I, I don't believe it because I don't care <laughs> if it happens to anybody else. So I'm assuming people think like me. All right. So that's starters. Number two, okay. uh, it's going to be a hard case. Uh, right. For a couple of reasons. Number one, the damages, unless you have surgery, are kind of eh, up in the air. And right. most lawyers won't won't do it because it's not worth money because they get a percentage of what is ever settled. Right. Also, when you talk about the government issue, it's a lot mm-hmm. more difficult because, first of all, a couple of rules. Mm-hmm. Here in California, you have to let the city or the entity know, this case would be the city, uh, right. that you are going to sue them. You have six months to file that claim. Mm-hmm. They're okay. going to deny the claim. Always. Right. Then you have a right to go into court and the regular statute kicks in. Uh, so mm-hmm. at your point, you, you, what you have to do is simply file a claim. 
within okay. six months. And okay. you let them know you're going to you're going to sue them. And okay. I think you get that form from the city clerk, uh, or maybe it's just a letter. I don't know because I've never sued the city. And then you figure out what your damages are. But their defense is, hey, you know, you're right. Uh, it is, uh, you know, the slab does go up. But the bottom line is you could see it. It was in the middle of the day. Have you walked that path before? No. Okay, well, that helps you. But, uh, you know, stuff happens. I mean, do they have a duty right. to keep every sidewalk perfectly even, which becomes unreasonable or reasonable? Uh, I don't think you have much of a case, but I'd cover yourself. If you, for, I'll, I'll tell you what you really want to happen is for you, for example, to lose your arm. Then the damages become pretty good. Then you have no problem getting a lawyer at all. But this, you know, tendons, I fell on my shoulder. It's incredibly painful. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, I'm sitting on the jury if there is a jury trial. You know, that's painful, for God's sake. You know, I fall on my, sh- on my elbows before. You know, whenever I do planks working out, I can't, can't deal with it for weeks. All right. Uh, in the last two weeks, Simply Safe has won the Editor's Choice Awards from uh, CNET Magazine, PC Magazine, The Wirecutter. Uh, what they did is they put Simply Safe, the home security system, through a battery of tests and compared it to other home security products. And Simply Safe won every single time. I clearly believe it's the best security system out there, especially for the money and what it does. Uh, they protect over 2 million Americans. This is home security you really want in your home. The sensors are tiny, you don't even notice them. Very easy to use. You can control it right from your phone. You install it yourself. I put one in my daughter's uh, my daughter's apartment. Man, and I can't even do a thermostat. I can't run a thermostat. And I put it together in about half an hour. This is comprehensive protection for your all your windows, your doors, your entire home. And this is 24 hours a day and professional alarm monitoring around the clock, $15 a month with no contracts. Learn more about how Simply Safe can help protect your home. Go to simplysafehandle.com, simplysafehandle.com. This is Handle on the Law. All right. Uh, Saturday morning, rainy Saturday morning. Miserable this morning as I came into the studio. KFI handle here until 11 o'clock, 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1534. All right, Janet. Oh, welcome back to Handle on the Law. Okay, Janet, you're up. Yes, ma'am. Hi, Bill. Um, The judge ordered my husband to pay me $92,000 from a divorce. And he, um, we were supposed to sell a house because he has not paid me the money and divide the money, but yet he has to make me whole before he gets any of the money. He has refused to sign the listing and has now, is now appealing, which required us to go to an appellate court. Yep. Which involves a different attorney. Yep. My last attorney, the divorce attorney, I paid her like, 300000 almost. Yeehaw. Okay. Aren't yeah. divorces fun? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, well, this, so now I went to an uh, attorney that would represent me in appeal, in the appeal. He wanted $20,000 um, retainer. And he said that really, I don't have to do anything because 
in order because he's not um, claiming any income. He's going to be able to get all the transcripts for free. I have to pay for transcripts. Why do, wait, why does he get why does he get it all for free and you don't when he's filing the appeal? Because he shows no income. Oh, and you have and, all the and you have all the income. I do. Okay. I'm, a, I'm a nurse. Okay. And I, so what's your, he gets what's your 500 question? a month from me. Okay, what's so your question? So anyway, did I do the right thing because I'm not doing anything? He said that they are going to make their decision, base their decision just on what's already yes, in the transcript. That, that's exactly what happens. Appellate courts don't read, hear the trial. Uh, the only time okay. the only time they rehear the trial if they bring it back down again, and we'll, we'll, it's called a remand, remand for a new trial or a portion of the trial, and it's based on procedure. It's not based on what was said. So no, uh, it's you're not going to go on the stand. You're not going to do any of that. The trial is done. Now it's a question of the uh, decisions the trial judge made. Or, or, and or the legality of what was brought in or not brought in. It's all procedural. So uh, that's what happens. That's what you get for, that is what you get for marrying a loser. Right. Okay, this is, okay. I, I, do, I don't know if you believe in God, but if you do, God is punishing you for something. And you have to okay. truly look back into your heart and into your history saying, why, why do I deserve this? And it probably has to do with uh, you being a moron as to who you uh, married. Well, there you go. All right, uh, Kimberly. Hi, Kimberly. Hi. Yes, ma'am. Oh, okay. Um, so my brother uh, bought a home. Five years later, he married a woman that were they were married for just over ten years. Uh, they did have a daughter together, and after just after the ten years, he found um, a notice of default and got concerned. Had his credit report ran and found that there were uh, all this debt and there was uh, bills that weren't being paid. Okay, so, you're t- wait a sec. And uh, I'm a little confused because uh, okay. I was well, zoning out for a minute. So they owned a house together, correct? No. He oh. owned the home prior to the marriage. She was never on oh, the Oh, okay. Home, so she – got it. Okay, got it. So she is right. in huge debt, and what she did is incur this debt during their marriage. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Correct. All right. So, and so, his credit, and his credit all screwed up because of right. uh, they had joint debt. All right. Well, actually, it was all done on his credit because she had filed bankruptcy prior to their marriage and could never get credit. So oh, so he so he signed off. So he voluntarily no, he took on the really credit. Did. Um, all right. But at any rate, <laughs> so um, moving to the the um, what happened was he went ahead and he sold the property and took the proceeds. And paid off all the debt and put the rest in an escrow account. And when she found out, of course, she went and filed. Then it went before judge that that basically said, okay, here's, you know, you need to pay this much child support. My brother had paid this much child support. And she was ordered to have to leave the house. Now, mind you, he's still in the house because now he's renting the house. All right. From the person who bought it, who bought it from. And... Um, let's just say she didn't move out until like four months after she was after the order. Right, we have to do this a little and... bit. We have to do this a little bit quicker because this is uh, we're okay. Almost so at any rate, he um, now we're ten years or four years later, and 
the judge is, ju- is now finally saying he would like to see, you know, a new appraisal. Wait a second, but the house was uh, already the house was already sold, right? And the money was distributed. So I don't know why the I don't know why the judge wants to see an appraisal now, unless the allegation of uh, that the husband somehow committed fraud. Uh, but why would the right. husband commit fraud and not get the most money possible? Uh, to pay off the debt. So I don't quite understand uh, why the judge right. wants to that's see a new appraisal. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And that's what we don't. And not only that, but a new appraisal, we're talking four years later. Yeah, and there's the no, yeah, is- and that doesn't make any sense either when you think about it, because property yeah. values have gone up or down. And it, uh, well, yeah. The home, was in, the home was was remodeled. It had to be remodeled. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So, you have to ask, the, is there a lawyer on this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have to ask the lawyer why, because it makes no sense. Nothing, uh, based on what you said, none of this makes any sense whatsoever. Uh, appraisal now, the house has already been remodeled. It was sold four years ago, and now the judge wants an appraisal based on the value of the house now. Uh, unless there's an allegation of pure fraud in this thing, uh, I, I don't buy it. This is Handle on the Law. KFI handle here on a very rain, well, not very rainy, but a cold, miserably dreary, drizzly Saturday morning. Uh, yeah, just very depressing. I hate days like this. I get very depressed. I don't know why. I just do. In any case, uh, phone number here, 800-5201-KFI, 800-5201-534. This is Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice, telling you you have absolutely no case. Uh, This is a case out of uh, Tennessee. And there is a Tennessee law that allows driver's licenses to be revoked for financial reasons. Uh, For example, failing to pay a court debt. You get a ticket, speeding ticket. And uh, here in California, it's $9,000. But let's say around uh, the country, a couple hundred bucks, $80, whatever it is, and you don't pay it. Well, Tennessee, under Tennessee law, uh, for the past seven years, has pulled the driver's license. You're done. Well, since then, 146,000 motorists have lost their licenses, 7% of which have their right actually restored. So, man, you're looking at a lot of people, way north of 100,000 people. Obviously, low-income Tennesseans are affected the most. And two of them have filed a lawsuit saying that it effectively is unconstitutional. It implicates the fundamental rights of motorists. Now, uh, I have often said, we have often heard, the court has often ruled that there is no fundamental right to drive. It is a privilege. It's not a constitutional issue. This judge went the other way. It's a federal judge saying the use of a motor vehicle is closely tied to the exercise of rights that have been found to give rise to heightened constitutional protection. So while, here, it's fascinating what the judge said. While it is not a per se constitutional right, it certainly goes really close to the line. And here is, I love uh, legal arguments and uh, just uh, the entire concept of, of how these are 
figured out and what the thinking is. So the judge wrote, it is well settled that the Supreme Court has recognized a, recognized a protected right to interstate travel. That's the Commerce Clause. Based on interstate travel, you have a right to the driver's license or they can't take away your rights simply because they didn't pay a fee. Now, certainly for drunk driving, they can yank it. Certainly for uh, a bunch of tickets, they can yank it. Um, driving without a license, they can yank it. Or suspension, they can yank it. But not because you don't have the money, according to the judge. The state said, hey, we need this policy because we have to get people to pay up. It's an incentive. And here is the problem. The court said, wait a minute. Uh, this is the law treating poor people differently than, we- uh, than wealthy people. An indigent person who loses a license can't afford Lyft or Uber to get to work. Public transportation is not generally available. 93% of Tennesseans drive to work. And when the state of Tennessee takes away a person's right to drive, that person does not all of a sudden stop having to go to medical appointments or stop having to come to court even or stop having to go to the store. So the judge said this would probably fail to pass constitutional muster as it went up. So therefore, uh, this was a preliminary hearing, uh, a preliminary injunction. And uh, the judge said, nope, I'm going to grant it to the drivers pending a court case of which, by the way, you, the state of Tennessee, are probably going to lose, which is the way it normally works. All right, uh, let's go ahead and take some phone calls. Uh, Marion, let's start with you. Hi, Marion. Welcome. Oh, Marlon. Yes, sir. Okay, my wife and I, we played uh, uh, HOA, a special assignment, a special assignment fee of $4,500. The the management company took the money and left. So we have a new management company now. Now they're saying that, well, that's just too bad. You have to pay another $4,500. Now that's everybody, right? Well, wait, is that everybody in the HOA? Yes, uh, not only not only my condominium, but two or three other condominiums. Okay, were, how many uh, con- how many condominiums are in the uh, in fifty? Fifty, and only two or three got tagged with the four thousand dollars. No, everybody got, got tagged. it. Everybody got tagged. Okay, is that right. right? Unfortunately, they can do that. And what they have to do is uh, what ended up happening is the HOA has to sue the previous HOA management company to try to get the money back. But in the meantime, a special assessment is, in fact, uh, due uh, to uh, just to fix whatever it's fixed. Special assessments just don't come out of the blue. Special assessments are for specific needs of the HOA. What had to be done, by the way? Uh, apparently, the, uh, the management company did not pay the, uh, the water bill, so we had a 200, $225,000 Got it. So they, had, so, it's, so they had to come up with the money. And they, had they, had, the money. Yeah, they have to come up with the money, and if they don't have the reserves... Uh, to pay it, there's a special assessment saying we have no choice. Because what? let me ask you what happens if uh, the money is not paid. The HOA doesn't have money on its own. It has your money. It keeps the money in trust. And so, therefore, you say, is that right? No, it's not right. Okay, water company says, fine. You don't have water. You now own a condo that has no water. Try selling that one. But it's been like uh, it's been like five years. That's a problem. Then, but have they sued the uh, previous management company? No, they have not. They told us it's our responsibility to do that. Uh, no, the HO. That's impossible. 
You do it through the HOA. And I and I and I was saying, wait, HOA should have some form of insurance to cover stuff. Like I don't that. know. I don't know if they have or don't. And it could be, it could be, but uh, it's a question of the board. Then you get your butt on the board, and it could be negligence. Uh, there could be any number of things. But the bottom line: Do they have a right to uh, ask for an assessment of forty five hundred dollars when they've already when it's been stolen already? Yeah, but the directors of the HOA, members of the board, may be personally liable because of any negligence that they have. And there's insurance for that. So uh, it's a little complicated, to say the least. Uh, But the underlying uh, answer is, yeah, unfortunately, they do have the right for special assessment. But in your case, there's wrongdoing all over the place. uh, Clearly, the previous HOA, there's criminal liability there. And you're going to, because someone had to steal it. HOAs are people. So someone had to steal the money. So there's criminal liability, although getting restitution, $200,000 back is crazy. Uh, you're never going to do it. If someone's willing to steal that money, they don't have the assets. Those people just go to jail. So now you have a civil suit against the previous management company. And if the board has not sued or tried to get the money back, there's liability there. God, what a mess. What a mess. All right, James. You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yes, hey, James. Uh, licensed contractor since uh, 1978. No complaints. Uh, no violations. Uh, Two weeks ago, I received a call from an extremely uh, upset homeowner telling me that he was turning me into the contractor's license board uh, for a uh, remodel or a flip or something that was happening in another town. And I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, okay. So you didn't do the work. I didn't do anything. Okay. You have um, no connection to it. All right. So, uh, big whoop. So, uh, he goes, do you know Joe Blow? And I go, yes, I do. And he goes, well, uh, his name is on the contract uh, with your license number. All right. So, someone yeah. used your license number. Fair enough. So, Correct. again, big whoop. Uh, what's your question? I got, uh, I said, uh that, uh, yeah, I do know him, and, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> here's my dilemma. Uh, I've known the kid since he was 16. You're talking I about, you're talking about, trade. got it, okay, but, and he used your license, so he he committed a, a actually committed a, a crime by using your license. So, again, what's, what, what's your question? I don't want to throw him under the bus. You're going to have, uh, you're going to probably, all you can say is this is not, my, uh, th- this is my license. You're going to probably have to throw them under the bus uh, because there may be a hearing. You're going to tell the licensing contracting board uh, that uh, this is not you, that someone used your uh, license. And by the way, there's uh, there's nothing you can do that's going to throw him under the bus because they already have him under the bus. Well, uh what I did say was I would be willing to meet with you. To who? See what you, the homeowner. Okay, why? Are you going to pay him off? Uh, no, I said uh, apparently uh, the kid off. There's twenty something thousand dollars left on the contract. Yeah, let me, He's been paid one hundred and four thousand. Okay, it doesn't matter. Uh, the kid committed a crime. That's for starters. Okay. If there is a lawsuit, you're going to be subpoenaed. You may actually be asked to be a witness uh, into uh, into a contractor's license board hearing. 
You don't want to throw the kid under the you know you know how you don't throw the kid under the bus. You say he had the right to use my license number, which means you pay for everything. Okay, you want to do that? Well, what? Yeah, well, what I what I I did meet with them, uh, Bill. And what do they want? And, what does the homeowner want? Uh, I agreed to meet with them to see if I could finish. Okay, the job and what did the home and point? what did the homeowner ask for? He wants. Uh, the, the the kid's been paid one hundred and four thousand. He wants that money back. All right, then you know what? Mortgage payment. So here's and... your choice. So here's your choice. Okay, uh, you ask for a hearing. You tell him to sue you, or you write him a check for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and make sure that you tell the kid, "Do me a favor. Don't use my number again." And if he does oh, use boy, your number, howdy. and if he does use your number again, write another check. Well, boy, howdy. Yeah, good, good for you. You want to say he doesn't want to throw him under the bus. He's been defrauded. He's been effectively raped by the, the kid. But, uh, hey, you know what? If you're willing to pay a hundred and a half uh, to make sure the kid does okay, God bless you. This is Handle on the Law. Oh, it's Saturday night. KFI Handle here again on a Saturday right up until 11 o'clock. So we still have uh, plenty of time and plenty of calls. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Oh, let's see. Uh, Here we go. DJ, why not? Hello, DJ. Welcome. Hi, good morning, Bill. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm driving down the freeway. Back of this guy's van, the door flies open, and a huge trash can and about three cones fly out. Uh, I can't swerve. I'm, I'm at a safe distance from him, but the stuff's bouncing all over the freeway. Trash can hits the front of my car and puts a dent in my car. Uh, I follow the guy, take a snapshot of his uh, license plate. Do I go after him for sure. that? Of course. I'm going okay. after him for what? They hit and run? No, no, just the, Oh yeah, uh, of course. Yeah, it's just it's his fault. Yeah. Sure, exactly. of course. How much how much damage how much damage to your car? Well, brand new car, uh, I couldn't tell you. You know, it's, You have it's, to know because you're going to end up suing him for X number of dollars. So you've got right. you've got to get a bid. You've got to go to yeah. a body shop and say this is what it's going to cost. And if the of guy course. if the guy has insurance, uh, it's going to be a no-brainer. You'll deal with the insurance company. Uh, what they'll do is, I mean, then there's a procedure there. They're not going to just right. write you a check. They're going to have uh, one of their adjusters uh, go out. Or if you're going to a body shop that is part of the network of that insurance company, you just go straight to that body shop, which is fine. I like doing that, by the way, especially when if you have to go through your own insurance. That's the other possibility. If the guy's yeah. giving you grief and you, they won't turn it over, just turn it over to your own insurance company. With uh, mm-hmm. I'm assuming you have comprehensive, right? Yeah. All right. So your insurance company deals with it, and then they deal with the other insurance company. That just happened to me uh, when I was rear-ended, mm-hmm. and uh, it was. Uh, and what ends up happening? The reason I like going to the insurance company, uh, their own body shops, is because uh, it only takes one or two screw-ups for a body shop to lose its connection to the insurance company. Oh, They're right. Really, really careful. And right. if there's an issue, you don't even go to the body shop. You call the insurance company and say there's an issue. They'll jump right on it. Uh, mm-hmm. But the bottom line for you is you're going to be fine. 
do I just contact my insurance company with his license plate number? No, no, you can con- no, you can contact him uh, because I think your insurance company says you have to at least t- try. You okay. know, call your own insurance company and say, I've got an insurance adjuster who is terrific. And my right. insurance adjuster said, hey, just let's do it through us. Uh, oh, okay. And we'll and we'll subrogate. So uh, they they were great with that. Yeah, I'm 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 so sick of these people on the freeway that don't properly tie down their loads. Yeah, you know, I know. Well, that's they pay. Well, that's why they're. Well, that's why his insurance rates are going to go up. My daughter, my daughter has a had. Uh, it's a little older now. Brand new car. Brand new car. <laughs> Two weeks, and some guy swerves, and. Uh, T-bones her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was $15,000 worth of damage to that car with a two-week-old car. <laughs> Isn't that fun, huh? Oh, yeah. All right. Know what yeah, I know. <laughs> what are you going to do? I mean, that's the way it uh, it goes. All right. Uh, in the past couple of weeks, Simply Safe has won Editor's Choice Awards. This is the security system from CNET Magazine and PC Magazine and the Wire Cutter. And these product testers, what they do is they put Simply Safe and a bunch of other uh, home security systems through a whole battery of tests and then compared them and Simply Safe won every single time. I'm very comfortable telling you this is the best home security system, especially for the money, and I'm certainly not alone. Two million Americans have joined me in making that decision. And this is a home security system you actually want in your home. The sensors are tiny. You don't even notice them. Unbelievably easy to use. You control all of it right from your phone. Easy to install. It took me half an hour to install one in my daughter's condo, and I can't even work a thermostat. This is comprehensive protection. All your windows, all your doors are covered, your entire home, 24 hours a day. Professional alarm alarm monitoring around the clock. That's $15 a month with no contracts. No one else does it like this. Learn more about how Simply Safe can uh, help protect your home. Go to simplysafehandle.com. You should see the new technology. Simplysafehandle.com. This is Handle on the Law. Oh, my, my, my. Good morning on a Saturday, dreary Saturday morning, 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1534. All right, let's do it. More handle on the law, marginal legal advice. All right, Mel, you've been sitting there waiting for a couple of weeks. Yes, Mel, what can I do for you? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm disabled from the last uh, eight years through the Social Security I got an attorney. Why? And uh, uh, because he told me to. I got. I I, I don't receive any money. For ah, okay. Two, so you don't. Three years. All right. So they just because they just I wasn't legal. Oh, I they, wasn't legal. Back and they just then. cut it off. So uh, if you were not legal back then, how are you receiving money? I'm receiving money because then I got. Then three years down the road, I got legalized. Ah, okay, so got it. So from the time, right. Okay, so from the time, I got it. From the time you became legal, you received money. All right. Yeah. And then now he wants to follow, uh, he did follow a a back paid claim. And my question is, are we going to get paid or not? Probably not. Because you weren't legal. uh, Yeah, because you're not entitled, I don't think. 
Uh, I, I do not believe that folks who are illegal in this country are entitled to uh, Social Security benefits. Uh, and this would be, uh, uh, even if you put money in, but this is this disability, this is another one. So, you know, I don't think so. But then again, you know, it's been a while since I've been disabled and it's been a while since I've been illegal, too. Uh, go figure. All right, uh, Alan. Uh, hi, Alan. You're up. Welcome. Hey, Bill. Thank you. I have a question. Is the state of California liable for um, us drivers that are driving down the five freeway or any of these freeways with all this debris on the road? If you hit any of it, if, you know, all, the, all the people that are driving, there's ladders and mattresses and all this debris. Is the state of California liable? Maybe. maybe. It, depends, it depends on uh, how long it's been there. It depends on whether Caltrans was uh, notified and did they ignore it? Did they make reasonable attempts to take it off? I mean, I've seen, uh, let's say, a ladder on uh, the freeway, and immediately uh, the highway patrol now uh, does a traffic break, and uh, they slow it down and clean it off. So I've been on the five a bunch of times. What I don't see ladders and mattresses in, in on the five freeway. When- You're missing it today, Bill. We're literally driving down. We just drove past a mattress in the left lane, and there's there's wheels. You know, there's okay. Did, there's a did lot so, of stuff. was it okay? Was it a single accident that happened? Do you happen to know? Has it been there for weeks? No, uh, the mattress is just debris, garbage. Just well, I, where on know. the where on the freeway on the road? Yeah, on the on the on the just left of the carpool lane, not on the road. Just uh, all the debris on the left. You know where it's kind of gathered. That's real. It's really line. unusual. You know how long it's been there. No, I'm talking about all the other, the rest of it, too, all the wheels and all the hubcaps. Wait a minute, what are you talking about? Junk. On the freeway, there are wheels and mattresses and hubcaps? On the left side, I'm driving down the five right with the metro right now, just heading south towards Santa Ana. And, and, you're, seeing, and you're seeing mattresses? I could have, should have taken a picture. Yeah, well, 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 okay, how many? Okay, when did, when's the last time you passed a mattress? How many miles about ago? Five minutes ago. All right, so that's five miles. How many in front of you? How many mattresses do you see in front of you and how much debris? How about this? How many wheels have I seen? How, how many, many wheels, wheels have you seen? seen? On, how many wheels have you seen on the freeway in the Penny, last ten Penny minutes? Says ten. My wife says ten. B.S. I, that's just crap. I've been on a five so many times on that street. Wheels all along the freeway in mattresses. Come on, really? Oh, good God. Uh, Dave. Hello, Dave. You're up. Welcome. Yeah. Hey, Bill. Uh, every week I love hearing you. Call people idiots, and I'm your idiot landlord. Excellent. Are you okay. now? You're on a cell phone, right? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, but you're. Uh, I assume you have to be hands free because you're driving, correct? Correct. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So I had tenants. They were great tenants. They were there for a year. Um, the place I had was redone. Put about twenty grand into it. There were new floors. They moved out. Gave me plenty of notice. Um, and. I knew I'd be paying a couple hundred bucks. I said I'd clean the place. I liked them. I didn't care. Um, and I uh, let them move out without checking the place before all their stuff was taken out. When they had taken all their stuff out, there was about what I paid was $1,300 all right. damage. Now, do you, have a secu- do you have a security deposit? I gave it to them. Ah, you are an idiot. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right up there. Matter of fact, you're several kinds of idiots. So what is your question, Dave? Can I sue them? Yes. Okay, they're in Nevada. How do I do that? You sue them in Nevada. You file a small claim suit. It depends on the court. Uh, it's uh, Obviously, it's, it's California case, uh, and you see if you can serve them in Nevada. 
Uh, and if you can't, depends on the court. I've heard both sides. Some small claims court will let you sue out of state. Others won't. And it's just a question of proof. And you'll probably get a judgment if you're allowed to sue them. Uh, but they're not going to pay it anyway. Uh, because that's when people leave that kind of damage, they don't pay uh, to repair it. That's just not those kinds of people, for sure. Uh, Katrina. Hi, Katrina. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi. Um, okay, I'll get right to it. I was admitted into the uh, emergency hospital because I had severe pancreatitis. And so I was in the hospital for four days with no food because they had to, like, do tests and things like that. So on the fourth day, um, the nurse had to take my IV out because she kept pushing the fluid in so fast that my hand had swollen. So she said she'd be right back. So that was like maybe 10 in the morning, and no one ever came back. I was off IV for six hours, and I was just delirious because I was so weak, and nobody came to check on me. They neglected me. And so by the time um, somebody actually came there because my son came later that night, I was just, they were sticking me everywhere like a human pincushion, and they couldn't find a vein because my body was shutting down because I was so dehydrated. Wow, and okay. I was I suffered. I mean, when I say I suffered, I suffered so much, and then I just passed out. Okay, what does that I mean? Was, you suffered so much. You were in pain. Um, yeah, I, I was. I was. Uh, I had a severe migraine. I was in pain because I, I didn't. I didn't have no fluids in me. I, I was. I had been starving for four days, and so I was. I was just sick. Um, I threw up. Okay, what's your, what? Then, so, uh, what's your question? Question, Katrina. My question is: um, Can I sue uh, the hospital yeah. uh, for, pain, for neglect and pain and suffering? Sure. How much? Your uh, yeah. I mean, it sounds like it's malpractice. What do you think that's worth? Um, I don't know. I don't what do you know think? About no, you're in front of a jury. Uh, horrible migraines, dehydrated, uh, felt terrible for how long? Um, six hours. Six hours. You had horrible migraines. All right. What do you think that's worth? Um, a million dollars. Mil- yeah, absolutely. I'd go for more. Okay. There are, pay- there are cases where exactly that case uh, got $3 million. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You've got maybe six hours of migraines. God. Yes. Darn it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it's a great case. I really do. Go uh, definitely want to see a medical malpractice attorney. Maybe $5 million for six hours worth of migraine headaches. What do you think? <sighs> Tony. Hello, Tony. You're up. Welcome. How you doing? Yes, sir. How you doing? Go ahead. Uh, uh, yes, um, yes, I was um, I got sideswiped by a post office uh, six months ago, and um I was sitting in my you car got sideswiped by a post office? Yeah, a post office driver, yeah. Oh, a driver in a post office right. truck, not the actual post right. office. Got it. Okay. Right. Correct. Okay. And I was sitting in my car. I was sitting in my car. He didn't know I was in there. And he sideswiped me and kept going. And he, he went out two blocks. I followed him two blocks. And he turned and got out his car and looked at his car. And when I pulled up and walked up on him, I said, uh, why you didn't stop? You know what I mean? Why you kept going? He said, oh, I'm on probation. You know what I mean? He was scared. He didn't to lose his job. I said, well, that's no reason to keep going. So I'm um, actually to call out a supervisor. A supervisor came out, gave me a hard time. So I just told the supervisor, I don't want to talk to you. I'll just go in and talk to the uh, a supervisor in the office. So I went up doing that, going in and talking to a supervisor in the office. And she told me to fill out a, a report along with the diagram. And when I did that, I noticed the supervisor that from the street came in and he looked in my office and he walked back out. Uh, three days later after that, the lady um, supervisor called me and said, can you, you come back in and fill out another diagram and um, report? She said, the one that I filled out came up missing. Off okay. The desk. And? 
Okay, so and um, I came back in and I did it. I was like about three or four days later, and I noticed that um, the, the the driver who hit my car, he walked into it and he walked back out, and I was like, why is he still working right now? You know, he's supposed to be suspended. Oh, it's not. You don't know. It's not your. How do you know he's supposed to be suspended? Uh, even any any job, if a driver. No, no, no. How do you how do you know he's supposed to be suspended? So you know the post office uh, procedures. No, no, I don't know. He should be suspended, but at least drug tested. Why? Tried, like, what? Why? Why would it be your call? It's not my call. I just that's know right. That even in my type of field, that's know, your type of field, uh, not the post office. Okay, any auto accident. Um, okay, so what's your have, what's your I, question? I, what's your question, Tony? Um, thanks. Given me, this has been six months ago, and they've been giving me hard time. Yeah, they do. Like, so, okay. what's, what's your what's your question? Um, what what? You make a claim. You you go ahead and just make a claim is what you do. And whatever happens internally to this guy in terms of discipline, it is not your call. You have nothing to say about it. None. Nothing. They want to fire him. They want to suspend him. They want to say too bad. They want to say it's an accident. They can say whatever they want. You want to get your car fixed. That's it. That's the bottom line. Well, why won't you concentrate on that? instead of trying to nail this guy, of which you have absolutely no power. All right, uh, let me share with you what happened uh, literally two weeks ago. My daughter Pamela was contacted by LifeLock. We are customers of LifeLock, have been for many years, all, all of us in the family. And someone had taken out a, uh, tried to apply for a loan in her name and her social security number. She contacted LifeLock. They contacted her, shut it down immediately. That's what LifeLock does, identity theft. Also, since they've just uh, connected with Norton Security, LifeLock Identity Theft has, has added the power of Norton Security that helps to protect you not, against, not only against your identity, which they've done for years and years, but now your devices also. Now, no one can stop every cyber threat, prevent all identity theft, monitor every transaction, every business. New LifeLock with Norton Security is able to uncover threats you might, as a matter of fact, you probably uh, otherwise would miss. Go to LifeLock.com, promo code HANDLE, 10% off of your uh, first year. LifeLock.com, promo code HANDLE, or call 800-LIFELOCK, promo code HANDLE. This is Handle on the Law. KFI, Handle here on a Saturday right up until 11 o'clock. Uh, we have a couple lines open for the first time this morning. 800-520-1KFI. 800-520-1534. That's 800-520-1534. Kind of fun. How many hours are we into the show already where we uh, finally have a couple lines open? See, it happens. It does happen. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Ann, yes, Ann, you're up. Hi, good yes. morning. Yes, ma'am. I have a problem regarding voting. I am a United States citizen, been a citizen for 64 years. I voted in the last election. I got a letter in the mail regarding from the state recorder's office stating that I can no longer vote until I get a resident address. My P.O. box address is not good enough. And previously, you were able to vote with a P.O. box, correct? Yes, sir. Oh, so they've changed the rules on that. That's interesting. Uh, and I wanted to vote this June election for the gas tax and everything else. Yeah. And I can't. Well, if you get an address, you can, uh, certainly. 
Uh, but here's the issue. They, the state change can change the rules about voting anytime they want. Uh, voting is controlled by each state separately. And uh, first of all, I didn't know you could even vote with a P.O. box. Okay, so be it. Uh, I didn't know that you needed a street address. Okay, so be it. Uh, but I think they can change the rules on you. And so why wouldn't you why wouldn't you get a street address someplace? Mainly because my husband is in um, a job where I'm not allowed to be giving certain information. Okay, out. Uh, do you have a friend? Yeah. Why don't you use that? Why don't you use that friend's address? I guess I could. Yeah, I they don't, don't care. Put, I yeah. don't like to put people out. You know, right. as far as stuff like can that. I use your address? Okay, so here are your choices. Assuming that. Uh, they do have a right to stop you from voting unless you have a street address. So here's your choice, uh, Ann, uh, and that is what's more important, putting people out by saying, can I use your address or not voting? That's all. Yeah, yeah. I understand. That's it. That's your. Uh, that's it. And here's the fun part. Oh, my God, I can't use a fake address. When it comes to voting, it is ridiculous. Uh, you can almost put any address and and not even prove that you're a citizen, or not even prove that it's you. When I go to the polls, last time I went to the polls, and I'm pretty religious about voting, uh, and so I walked up to the polling uh, uh, place, location, and I said, hi, William uh, W. Handel, and I gave the address. They go, oh, yeah, here you go. And then they crossed my name out and handed me a uh, a ballot. And I said, uh, would you like to know if I really am William Handel? No. Would you like to see my ID? No. What if I wanted to show you my ID that I am William Handel? No. They wouldn't let me show them ID. That's how crazy it is. Man, what does that do? All right, Bob. Uh, hello, Bob. Yes, Bob. Are you yes, there? Bill. Yes, sir. Oh, oh, never mind. I had my car stolen and I went later police report. And that day, since I didn't have a car, I was walking around, went and got some lunch, did some errands, cleaners, what have you. And I'm walking back to my house, and I look over, and I'm on a main street, and there was my car sitting in the parking lot. I didn't do anything. I called the police. The officer came. Uh, he told me to unlock the car, which I had my car keys because I had my house key on it, and we didn't know if the car was locked or not because whenever you hit the unlock thing, the lights go on or off whether it's locked or not. Anyways, uh, long story short, I got the police report, and he made some uh, indications that the car wasn't stolen, that I did it. Okay. And so there was some money in the car that I had picked up previous day and a couple of checks from my uh, work that were taken uh, checks were no problem, you know, stop payment, the cash is gone. My company gets a police report, and they fire me on the spot saying, this report shows that uh, you did this all yourself, so right. to speak. Okay, so your question. My question is, I know it's hard to sue the police or anything. No, you, but, can sue um, the, no you can sue the police. They get sued all the time. Here's the problem. Uh, a cop uh, finding your car on that street near your house where everything appears to be okay, why wouldn't the cop even consider that that it wasn't stolen? 
Well, everything wasn't okay. The, the car was trashed inside. All right. He, so why, why said, wouldn't the cop uh, think, okay, you did it yourself? I mean, it's, it's reasonable for a cop to not believe you. Correct. I understand. So what are you going to sue the police? Where, where do I go? What I do my s- job. I, I, I get I, it. What I are you going to sue the police for? Well, I'm not going to sue the police. Right. I just want to know, you know, what – there's no uh, – one guy talked to me and said, oh, He's saying exactly what you said. That's the officer's opinion. He That's right. Made it. That's right. So there's that, and you lost your job. Here's the other side that is horrible: is you can be you can be fired for any reason whatsoever in the state of California. Right. Well, this is actually Nevada, but I think even, it's same thing. Law. That's even worse. Uh, the state right. of Nevada, you can be uh, you can be fired for any reason. So uh, it's one of those where you know maybe yes, maybe no. We're not going to take a chance. We're going to fire you, Bob. That's it. And, and it's just, I, and I it's just bad. That. It's bad luck. Bob, it's just bad luck. Same with losing. I, I got yeah. denied for unemployment and everything. Yeah. So. Yeah. Now, so you can. Now, darn thing I, there's no yeah, you else, can apply. Uh, you can apply for unemployment. You will get unemployment. No, I did not. They, they declined. Then me. you have to. Then what you have to do is appeal that. You should get unemployment. And you have to okay. appeal it. It's just bad luck. I mean, I, I feel bad for you. That's true. And the only thing I can tell you, better you than me. This is Handle on the Law. Saturday morning. Phone number 800-5201-KFI, 800-5201-534. It's been a very busy day for phone calls, to say the least. Uh, We still have, uh, do we have a line open right now? Uh, Actually, we do. 800-5201-KFI, 800-5201-534. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice, where I tell you, you have uh, zip. You have no case. All right. A First Amendment case out of Iowa. Uh, There is a gentleman by the name of Josh Harms who uh, does not like Des Moines. Uh, Not even a little bit. And the reason is that there is a dog food factory in the city that manufactures dog food using pig's blood. I mean, that's just so disgusting. I can't believe it. So what they did, and that is the city, uh, was they threatened him with legal action for saying on a website that the town smelled like rancid dog food, and it is disgusting. So the city officials said, you better stop. Stop criticizing the town's odor problem from the Iowa Drying and Processing Company. And uh, the city attorney sent Harms a letter saying, you're hurting the community with your website, and if you do not stop, cease and desist, we're going to sue you. Well, uh, first of all, Josh Harms got a little upset. Let me tell you who else got upset, too. The American Civil Liberties Union uh, went in and filed for an injunction, a permanent injunction, saying, the city, you can't do that. 
Harms is entitled to his opinion. Uh, and it's the court documents indicate uh, that the city officials uh, do not admit to every allegation. But still, uh, and this was the uh, stipulated agreement. It's one of those, we're not admitting to anything, but we'll stop. Or we are not admitting to any liability, but we won't, uh, we'll pay you anyway kind of thing. It's uh, that this version of that. Where And the reason is the judge uh, said, you know what? The city, you do not have a right to stop him from uh, offering his opinion, proffering his opinion that the town stinks. He has a right to say that, whether it harms a town or not. So that's it. There's going to be a permanent injunction. It was agreed to. The city said, uh, we don't admit every allegation. Well, that's interesting that they are going to admit to some. And we agree with the injunction. Also, the city pays harm $6,500 in damages and $20,000 in legal fees, issue a written apology, and hold First Amendment training for city staff. Why not? All right, let's go ahead and uh, take some phone calls. All right, Don Yell, you've been there for a while. Hello, Don Yell. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yeah, he's been there for a long time, waiting. So he's listening on the radio. Danielle, are you there? Now, Danielle, who's been sitting there for over an hour, when I hang up on him in about two seconds, is going to be very, very upset. All right, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put him on hold, only because he's been waiting for a long time. And the way it works is we have a delay just in case uh, you folks say the wrong thing. Bill. There you are. You see? There's yeah. our delay. Okay, I'm not going to blame you for that one, Danielle. All right. My well, apologies. No, no, no. Don't. My... No, it's when you're waiting that long, you sort of uh, get into the groove there. What can I do for you, Danielle? Bill, my brother decided to. He's a POA on my, uh, for my mom, our 92-year-old mother, and uh, he decided to remove her annuity without consulting her or letting her know. My mother checks on that um, twice a year, and when she checked on it in December, she was informed uh, all that annuity has been closed. It was taken out by your power of attorney. Okay. Uh, now, a couple things. Uh, how often does she get a check from the annuity? Uh, she, does, she, she does. She never she – Oh, okay. She hasn't cashed it in yet. It's just how no, much no. How much was in the annuity? Um, just over $18,000. Yeah. Well, what happened is your uh, brother-in-law stole the money. No, not my brother-in-law. It's my brother. Your brother. You wish you were a brother-in-law. Okay, your brother stole the money. Okay. Now, technically, he has the power of attorney. Uh, well, right. he does have a power of attorney, but he has a fiduciary duty to your mom. He can't just take your mom's annuity because how is he going to defend it? What is he going to say? Right. Maybe he told the institution that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grasping the straws, Bill, but... Did he tell them that she's deceased? Did he give them a, a doctor's fake letter saying that she's incompetent? He doesn't have to. He has a power of attorney. And they're under no obligation to contact the primary and say, listen. That's correct. Is... That's correct. Okay. They have no obligation to contact. He is a, he effectively has the ability to make walk the in decision. The door, walk, walk in yeah. the door, Bill, and say, I'm so-and-so. Here's the paperwork. Yep. Give me the money. Yep. And walk out. Yep. I just... And that's the end of it. Well, and that's not the end of it because now mom has a lawsuit against him. 
Okay. And, uh, I mean, he is liable. And the problem is that she's going to have, it's elder abuse, too. I mean, that goes right okay. into elder abuse. Time to ta- contact a lawyer. But he does, that, ha- he, does have the po- he does have the right to do it, and he has the power to do it. Well, he has okay. the power to do it. Does he have a right to do it? Legally, yes. Morally, of course not. How do you rip off your mother for $18,000? Uh, he's kind of character, I must yeah. say. He does have some issues. But yeah, I mean, so sure. What would, the, what would be the the language, as in you said, it would be called elderly abuse? Yeah, you, go to a, you just go to a lawyer that practices elder abuse. What type abuse. of lawyer? Elder abuse, okay, elder abuse. Elder abuse lawyer. Okay. Yeah, you and, and, you don't um, want to, and you don't want to get one too young. <laughs> Bill, what would be the ramifications? I don't want to. It could be a lawsuit against uh, the uh, could be a lawsuit against the brother. Uh, it could go beyond that. It could be a criminal violation. Uh, okay. It's, and th- that's why you want to talk to an elder abuse attorney. And they're on the website. Go to KFIAM640.com, and you'll see elder abuse attorneys on there and uh, see what they can do. God, can you imagine ripping off your mom for $18,000? I can see for hundred grand. That's enough money where, okay, you know, that's kind of worth ripping your mother off. But $18,000? Really? Oh, for sure. All right, Eric. Hi, Eric. Hey, how you doing, Bill? Yes. Hey, uh, Greg, quick question. Okay, so I'm out in Blight, so it's a remote area of California. Um, I'm traveling westbound. Uh, CHP officer is traveling eastbound, and uh, he crosses over the median, um, gets behind me, pulls me over, says that he clocked me speeding while he was traveling. I'm traveling. Um, is that legitimate? I mean, I know every ticket is a good ticket to fight. You should fight every ticket. But does he have, like, a legitimate leg to stand on? Do you remember when uh, John McCain was running for president? Yeah. Yeah, and what, and Sarah Palin was his vice presidential uh, candidate. You remember that? Yes. And remember what she was known for? What was the favorite line she was known for? I have no idea. You betcha. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the cop, yeah, the cop absolutely has the right to do that because he, what can he can do is see that you are speeding in the other direction, turn around and follow you and clock you according to uh, his speedometer, and uh, even he can just do that uh, with his eyeballs. Don't he, that doesn't even need a right. radar gun. And yeah, he absolutely has the right to do that. Even worse than that, you're going to lose. I don't even know why you're going to fight it. You can try. By the way, you don't fight every ticket. You never do. There are some tickets you just can't fight. Well, you do fight every ticket only to show up in court to hope that the cop doesn't show up. Well, yeah, you got a 50-50 chance. Well, not quite, but it doesn't matter. Even if it's a 10% chance, you do it. So, uh, yes, unfortunately, he has the right. You're probably going to lose. And uh, since you're in the state of county, I don't know what what county is Blythe in. Uh, Uh, Riverside. Yeah, Riverside Riverside. County. So, uh, speeding ticket, uh, be prepared to spend about $300, $400. And you're going to be talking to your insurance company. Don't speak. Oh, boy. Yeah, don't speak. Don't do that. It's just don't. Yeah, just don't. This is Handle on the Law. KFI Handle here. Saturday morning right up until 11 o'clock. Dreary Saturday morning, too. Drizzling, miserable. I hate days like this. My daughter loves days like this. She just adores. The more miserable it is, the more she likes it. 
But that matches up with her personality, too. So go figure. Welcome back to Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you you have absolutely no case. Hello, Robert. You're up. Welcome to the show. Hey, Bill. How you doing? Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, question. Um, my, my dad recently died um, um, last year, and um, when he died, um, I was in there, um, and his wife um, was the one who said yes, basically pulled a plug. Okay. Um, and uh, he ended up passing shortly after that, and then um, she didn't know I had a will. He had given me a lockbox. It was a bad marriage. He had given me his key to a lockbox. My dad was 87. And I pulled the will. I went to the lockbox, had the will before he ever died. And then he died. Uh, my older brother's the executor. And she's trying to fight for the housing. Oh, yeah. She has I'm sure she is. A that will. Always, that but, always happens. But, there, but does she have a will? And do you have a will? Or is there only one will? We have we have a will. What she has is a something written on a piece of paper, which they're accepting as a will. But here's the question that I'm asking: How can she be married? How can she be divorced and be the one who said yes, pull the plug? They were divorced at the time. See, that, that's what happened now. See, no, 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 it doesn't, no, 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 no. Wait a sec. At the time she made the decision to pull the plug, were they divorced? We found out now that she was. All right, but okay, but so what? I mean, it's so she shouldn't have, uh, but she made the decision. And what are you going to do? Sue her for wrongful death? Uh, your dad was so close to death anyway. I mean, she shouldn't have done it, or she shouldn't have had the right to do it. The doctor screwed up, uh, but she was married at the time. And uh, I mean, how do you find out now that she wasn't married at the time? There were divorce papers on file. Well, that's what happened. She improvised to fight the. The will that we oh, have. Okay. She's coming and said, oh, wait a minute, we're right. divorced. All right. So, okay. Well, I, I don't think that really matters at this point uh, because, I mean, how long would your dad have survived had she not pulled the plug? Uh, well, I mean, he, he was on life. Yeah, that's the whole point. So. He was on life support. And right. uh, so it really, you know, it's I, I've, it, my personal feeling is I think your dad was probably better off with life support being pulled but that's my personal feeling. Uh, oh, no, no. I'm 100%. You know what? He's not married to her. He, 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 I get uh, it. She, I get it. No, I understand. So what do you want to do? Do you want to sue her for wrongful death? Do you want to sue the hospital? Are you going to argue that he better he's better off alive on, uh, on life support? In other words, she shouldn't have, the hospital shouldn't have, but let's talk about damage. Well, you know, when it comes down to it, well, what I'm really trying to prevent, to be honest with you, is her getting the house. Aha! So it really is about money. Thank you very much. I was just going to go oh, there. Yeah. Okay, so now let's talk about the house. He wrote a document that says she gets the house, right? Correct. Okay, and... Uh, well, you know, here's a document. Here's, here's how dumb it sounds. It's, we're divorced, and when I die, she'll get the house. That's well, He can do that. But did he? But how, what, but what? How I mean, who does that? I've been divorced. I know because people do that. And you have a will, though, correct? Yes. And which is sooner? Uh, was the will written? Was that statement written the after the written, will? The will was written before he ever married her. Okay, but he says she gets the house anyway. It's her. She's named as the house, right? On her will, he wrote. You're a, saying that he wrote a document saying, "When I die, you get the house." Correct. Uh, and she, and he wrote this before they were even married. 
No, no, no. He wrote, I have the will that was made before they were okay, ever Okay, you're confusing me. Okay, so you have a will, and then afterwards there is a document that says that she gets the property. It's signed. Yeah, that document was written a it's month signed, before Okay, it's signed. It's, it's dated. How much is the house worth? About seven hundred thousand. Yeah, you got you have a will contest on your hands. There, okay, now, there's enough. There's piece, enough. There's one, enough one there. Piece. There's enough there for her to start fighting it. Yes. No, no. One more piece. Um, uh, about two months prior to this, uh, I was waiting. All this happened. She pulled a restraining order against me not to come see my dad anymore. That has nothing to do oh, with it. To, I no, no, but here, here's here's what's interesting. Um, I ended up winning, but during this happening, there was a confrontation at the house, and my dad, my daughter had videotaped, and that that's what helped me win the restraining order because it showed okay, her going now, nuts. Okay, here's my question. It showed, her, the... it showed her not letting my dad leave. Okay, she kept blocking right, my dad. So here's what you have. It's going to be a will contest. There's enough there for a will contest that his ex-wife has enough there to fight uh, the distribution of that house, the sale and distribution of the house. Now, whether she's going to win or not, I don't know. And what you have is evidence that there was coercion. If the court finds there were, was coercion, they toss out her claim completely. If the court wow. finds that he was lucid and intended her to get the house, and this is with a holographic will, and uh, now just saying you get the house, I don't know if that's enough. I would guess not, but there's certainly enough there for a lawyer to get involved, especially if you're talking $700,000. And is there a mortgage involved with that? Yes or no? Uh, like 20000 That's it. Okay, so there's, all right, so there's effectively no mortgage. So it's $700,000. So everybody is fighting over $7,000. You have a will that precludes her. She has a piece of paper that he signed that says you get the house, which was written after the will. She's going to argue that's a holographic handwritten will, part of it. You're going to argue coercion based on the video, based on he wouldn't let you see any him, uh, the fact that it was a month before he died, and I'm assuming he was a mess before he died if he was on life support the, a month later, correct? Yes. All right, that's what you have. You get to go to a trust and estate lawyer because okay. you're, you're, no. definitely, you're definitely going to see a fight, I guarantee you. No question about it. This is Handle on the Law. Friends from the fields of Peter and Fertile's bloody and raw, I swear it is sweet with the... KFI, Handle here on a Saturday morning, right up until 11 o'clock. And uh, welcome back to Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you, you have absolutely no case. Blake, you want to turn down the music? Thank you. Just wondering. You know, otherwise I'm screaming over the music. Uh, quite all right. I know he didn't even flush, didn't have time. Uh, go figure. All right, uh, back we go. More handle on the law. Marginal legal advice. All right, Catherine, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Bill. I was just wondering if I can sue my property management company for negligence and not hold, uh, upholding their part of the lease. Okay, what do they, had, what do, what do, they do? Okay, bottom line is that my a couple of months ago, my co-tenant, I was in a, a year-long lease, my co-tenant, 
She uh, came home belligerently drunk. She destroyed my property in the apartment. And then she, when she was on one side of the room, I was able to get into my bedroom, shut my bedroom door, locked it, called police. She came after it with a uh, metal tip meat tenderizer, put a seven by six inch pole in my door, trying to bust down my door. Wow! Destroyed the doorknob. Yes. Okay. Destroyed the doorknob. Destroyed the bed, the door frame um, with her tirade. She also destroyed some panels uh, uh, on the floor. Okay. So, why, what what did the management company do that was negligent? Okay, so I went to the management company, of course, um, as soon as they opened at eight o'clock that morning, and I said, "Hey, uh, she destroyed my door. She destroyed my property, but she destroyed your property." And she said. Well, that's too bad. Uh, you should pick a better roommate. Yeah. So over the weekend, I looked through the lease agreement, and I looked and I saw a provision where it says destruction of property. And the, of that's, their property. Wait a the lease agreement that you have with your tenant, right? My my, It was my co-tenant and I renting from this property management Okay, company. and it says that what is the property damage uh, clause say? It, it, the clause said... Specifically, it's uh, if there is destruction to by any of the tenants, if there's destruction to the property. Ah, okay. And you and that 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 that, that is destruction that requires uh, immediate dismissal. And so I said that to her, and I showed her the police incident report. I showed her photos. Of course, my door had to be replaced. Right. She said. She said, "I'm going to call legal." And I said, "Great." What's his name? She gave me a name. She gave me a number. All right. What happened? What happened? I'm going to cut you off because it wouldn't go forever. So how much damage happened after that initial damage? Uh, No damage because I never went back into that apartment. Well, that's that's your call. So what did they do wrong? What did they do wrong? Well, the thing is that in the lease, there is a provision that requires immediate term. I told, I begged her, I said, get me out of this lease. I cannot live in that apartment anymore. Are you still in the lease? They finally... After I had to bring it, after two and a half months of rent that they forced me to continue to pay, they finally let me out of the lease and gave me, they said, oh, it's a 30-day notice, but whatever. Because there's a violence All right, so what's, what's, what's your question? Can I sue Yeah, them? of course you can sue. The argument, of course, you have an argument saying that it says immediate uh, termination. The problem is, is they have to evict her. Yeah, and and they refused. They right. kind of went, oh. All right. So you're ta- so the issue here is rent, nothing more. Yeah. Rent. Okay. Well, I, yeah, you can do I, it. I was stressed out for. Yeah, I don't care about. No one cares. There. Yeah, no one cares about your stress. Uh, oh, that does no, 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 no. Nobody ah. cares. No, I, you know, I, I wake up every morning and I look at my wife and I get stressed. So and I can't sue anybody for that. Uh, no, the only issue is I was wondering. You know, oh, oh, oh. The only issue is uh, if they made no attempt to evict her based on a clause in the rental agreement or in the lease agreement that says they have to. And they mean, no. And they yeah, you can argue. But you see, she would still be liable for the rent because she is if, if she left within the period of time that it would take to evict that woman. There's a real big issue there. All right, Stephen. Hi, Stephen. You're up. Welcome. Hey, Bill. My son got injured at school during PE. He was on a rock climbing wall, and he dislocated his knee. And this was last September. 
I'm concerned that uh, we still get an ambulance bill for like over $2,000. Yeah, I know. Isn't that lovely? Yeah. So what's your question? Uh, what is the school liable for? Can Nothing. Through the school. Nothing. But they, they were supposed to call an ambulance? Well, they had to call an ambulance. Okay, so why so why 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 are they liable for your ambulance bill? Because he got injured on their rock climbing. Uh, no, it doesn't work that way. No, no, huh. it, it's yours. Do you, I, and I'm assuming you don't have medical insurance. We did have medical insurance. All the other bills were covered because uh, it was before the time that he would join my wife's policy. Okay, so because it's October one was the policy. All right, injured September. All right, so he was not insured at that time. Correct. Okay. Call the, ins- call the ambulance company and start negotiating. The school is absolutely not liable. They had no huh, choice. Okay. They have to call an ambulance. What are they supposed to do? Have one of the coaches throw them in the trunk of a car and drive them to the hospital? Yeah, I get it. Okay. Yeah, no, no, it doesn't work that way. Because he fell on their property. Well, I mean, you could argue. Now you have to talk a lot about liability. And if it turns out the kid, uh, if there's liability on behalf of the school, he fell off of a jungle gym or a rock wall. Kids do all the time. So here's what you do. Make damn sure that there are no rock walls. Make damn sure there are no uh, those jungle gyms. Make damn sure kids don't run because they can fall. Uh, as a matter of fact, you have to put them in uh, these rubber suits. No, I don't think it works that way. I really don't. All right. Oh, Kathy. There you go, Kathy. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. I'm, this, is, this is a real pleasure to talk to you. Yes, it is. Um, okay. I, yeah. Because, okay. Anyway, um, I live in a retirement community, and I go to an exercise class three days a week. And this was the situation. There are three cars parked in a row. And we all kind of back up. We're, um, instead of going south, we end up backing up into another lane to okay. go north. Got it. And so I'm the middle car, the smallest car. I um, um, and I'm got, I've got an SUV, um, a SUV on the uh, right side of me and a, a bigger car on the right so on the left side of me. So I back up, and the car next to me, the um, SUV, um, backs up and hits me with a huge, huge bang. Okay, that's good. And so okay. far, legally, you're in pretty good shape now. Okay. Okay, now this is what, what happens. As soon as she got out of the car, she says, I'll pay for your deductible. And that, that's the first thing she said. And I know this person because we play bocce ball together and so forth. Yeah. And, she... I, said, and I said, I didn't say anything. Good. Unfortunately. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. But okay, unfortunately what? Okay, I got out of the car. My car was not in gear. It kind of rolls down a little tiny incline and and backs into another car. And a gentleman was getting out, and I'm yelling at him, stop, I won't, I won't yell, stop, 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 stop. And he got behind his car and broke and, and, and stopped my car from hitting him. Unfortunately, it still hit him a little bit, hit my car a lot. Um, and, and I'm yelling to him, stop, stop, don't, don't do this. And he did. And of course, we're all older. I'm 77. The gentleman that did this was 82. And so um, all of a sudden, my insurance, I'm responsible for his injury. That's correct. You are responsible for his injury uh, because he can argue, oh, my goodness, I didn't hear. I panicked. I wasn't aware. Yeah, your, your car hit him. Right. And what he did is all, you can argue that he jumped in front of the car or he didn't act appropriately, but that's going to go no place. All right. So you're liable for him. What's your question? 
that's the, what, what I really wanted to know. Is it worth fighting or not? No. Fighting what? You turn it over to your insurance company. Yeah, because it was a stupid thing for him to do. Tell the insurance company, let them deal with it. Okay. That's it. it. Yeah. And, uh, and the other liability. And, and the other thing I was going to point out is when uh, someone says, I'll pay for your deductible. You go, no, 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 no. You pay for the whole thing. What? You're going to pay for my deductible? What? Are you nuts? First of all, if it turns out that you have insurance and I use my insurance, they're going to say no. Now, theoretically, they could pay, and they would, uh, and I've talked about this before, that uh, you just deal with it with your own insurance company, but they're going to go after her insurance company. In the end, her insurance company's going to do it, and uh, you know they're going to pay the deductible. They're going to pay for all of it. Weird case. Weird case. All right, a story that actually happened to my daughter uh, a couple of weeks ago. She got a call from LifeLock, and we've been customers of LifeLock now for, I don't know, 10 years. All four of us at home are customers, entire family, because everybody's susceptible. So someone had used her name and social security number to try to obtain a loan. LifeLock shut it down. Done. Finished. But that's what LifeLock does. What LifeLock does is protect your identity. But now there's so many weak links out there for criminals to get into. What LifeLock has done is uh, they have added the power of Norton Security to help protect you not only against identity threats, threats, but threats to your devices. And that's where Norton Security comes in. You put the two of them together, boy, what what protection you have. Now, no one can stop every cyber threat, protect all identity theft, or monitor every transaction in every business. But the new LifeLock with Norton Security, uh, it's pretty effective stuff. And if you do have a problem with your identity or someone breaks in, then they will work to fix the problem. So go to LifeLock.com. Promo code HANDLE for 10% off your first year's membership. LifeLock.com, promo code HANDLE. Or call 800-LIFELOCK, promo code HANDLE. This is HANDLE on the Law. On a Saturday until 11 o'clock. Uh, still, we have lines open. Second time this morning that has happened. How about that? 800-520-1KFI. 800-520-1534. Welcome back to Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. All right, David, you're up. Welcome to the show. Yeah, hi. I bought a property with some other people about 10 years ago. That I own a third of it. And in the, at the time, what we talked about was selling it within 10 years and, you know, taking our profits and running. Now they refuse to sell it, you know, and they, they said they would buy me out, but they want to do it on a 30-year term. Okay. And I'm 73 years old. I'll be dead before I get any, you know, get a third of the money. Back. Yeah, that's true. So what's your question? How can I force them to sell? You force them to sell. That's yes. exactly what you can do. It's uh, called a partition, lawsuit for a partition and uh, that forces the sale, David. Okay. That's it. It's that simple. And then they have a choice of buying you out or taking a third of the money. It's their choice. Well, okay. But what if they want to give me, uh, you know, a buyout and, just, and pay me out over 30 years? You say How no. I... You say no. Okay. You know, they can't do it without your permission, David. You have to agree to it. And the only thing that they that you can do is force the sale. 
If they, if you don't agree to any of this, you just simply force the sale, and legally, and the court will force the sale. You're going to be fine. How do I go about starting you con- that? You, con- you contact a lawyer. You want a real okay. estate lawyer. Okay. God knows I know enough of them. Okay, then you're good. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, people do that. Well, you have to take my deal. No, I don't. Well, I'm offering you X number of dollars. That's not enough. Well, you have to take it. No, I don't. Well, I'm not going to let you sell it. Well, you want to know something? You have no choice. Carrie. There you are. Hi, Carrie. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Thank you. Um, My situation is this. Within the last 12 months, I've lost both my father and my brother. Mm. I am executor of both estates. I was recently asked if I wanted to take executor fees or not. And my question is, it's it's going to amount to maybe $6,200. Um, in executor my, fees. Yeah. Okay. My, my brother and father died in the state of New York. I live in the state of California. Um, the, the person that contacted me said, just be aware that this is taxable income. I understand that, but is it taxable in the state of New York, the state it's of where California, you earn, no, or it's, both? It's where you earn the money. It's where you, so, it's, it's where you live. If you're, doing, if you're doing the finances out of California, you're going to pay California taxes. Well, the estate accounts are in a bank in New York State. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Okay. If you, for now, example, I work for a company that's based in Texas. Okay. Do you think the state of California cares? I work here. Okay. And so that's the bottom line for you. It's uh, where you are earning the money and where you get it. Nobody cares. Okay. All right. All right. That was simple. Thank you very much. Yep. And it is. And um, see, a lot of people don't take executor fees, exec- uh, trustee fees, that sort of thing. I have a couple of trustees that are dear friends of mine that just won't take the money on uh, where – they're entitled to it. So I take the money, even though I have no connection whatsoever. Morgan. Uh, no, let's go. It's Gordon. Let's do Gordon. Hello, Gordon. Welcome. Good morning, Mr. Handel. Yes. Uh, yes, I need to know what kind of lawyer I need to go see if I got hurt during a medical procedure. So tell me what happened. Okay, I was sitting in a dental office getting my teeth cleaned. And uh, at the end of it, near the on the left side, he had this. There was this new kind of machinery and a new guy that they put me with. And what happened is while he's cleaning it, uh, all of a sudden I felt a sensation in the middle of my ear. And then all of a sudden it really started ringing mm. really bad. Yeah. And, and it lasted, I'm just guessing, about five seconds. And I had to move my head away. And I thought, hey, you guys ringing my ear there. And they didn't say sorry or anything like that. They just both laughed. The guy doing the procedure and this, just it. So, um, and I, right now I currently got like a... A ring and a slight tone too, and this happened about just say within the last year. Okay, and, and so yeah, is that ringing now permanent in your ear? Yes, it is. Okay, so you have uh, tinnitus or tinnitus. Connecting yep. that to what happened in the procedure, you know what? That is, yeah, there's you have some meat there. There's no question because if it happened, and I'm hoping they wrote it in the notes, but. Uh, if uh, they didn't, you're, you're, it's going to be an issue of credibility. Uh, right. That uh, I have a ringing in my ears. Uh, m- my, my wife has a ringing in her ears, pretty bad. And uh, where she got it, nobody knows. It's one okay. of those things that you would never know when it can develop. 
And so here you are a year later. Let's say they didn't write it in their notes. You could have gotten it anywhere at any time right. because medical science has no idea where it comes from. And, and so that's – I'm sorry? Uh, and it's a question of he said, I said. That's correct, right? unless it's in the notes. But even then, well, if it's in the notes, I don't know how much that's worth to have a ringing in your ears because I don't know uh, how much in the way of your life it gets. Okay. See, th- th- there's a lot of issues there. So I think the bottom line, I don't think you have anything there, but it's certainly worth talking to a medical malpractice attorney, always. When there's anything permanent, I always, always go for a medical malpractice attorney. This is Handle on the Law. AM 640 handle here. It is a Saturday morning. Following this show at 11 o'clock, Leo Laporte. That's 11 to 2. And then uh, Neil Saavedra, the man who talks about food. The man who I eat with at least once a week, where we talk about food. And then we follow up talking about food. And that's 11 to 2, the Fork Report today. Uh, That's our uh, morning and midday lineup right here on KFI. This is Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. Okay, the story happened a little while ago, but I want to, uh, I don't even know if I actually reported it. Uh, It's a few weeks old, but I wanted to share with you. If you remember, there's a photo of a crested macaque monkey, and this is in Indonesia. It's in a reserve, and he took some photos of himself in 2011. Uh, Wildlife photographer David Slater left his camera unattended, and uh, this thing went, uh, I mean, there, there are sales of this thing all over the place. I mean, coffee mugs, and uh, it was uh, photos. It was just crazy. T-shirts. Well, PETA goes to court and argues that the monkey owns the copyright. How is that possible? How does a monkey own a copyright? A corporation can own a copyright. Certainly an individual can own a copyright, but a monkey? So a federal appeals court decided... That animals may not sue for copyright protection. We conclude, the court said, that this monkey and all animals, since they're not human, lack statutory standing under the Copyright Act. Now, Rudo, who was the plaintiff in this case, seven-year-old crested macaque living in this reserve. And uh, it is, uh, I can't wait to hear see that case, actually. It was uh, Naruto, the macaque monkey. Uh, suing for copyright. And the PETA folks, they sued Slater, as a matter of fact, on behalf of the monkey in uh, 2015, arguing that that copyright belongs to the animal. David Slater was using that copyright. He was making a bucket of money on this. And uh, so the judge, who, of course, uh, well, the Ninth Circuit uh, threw it out 
Now, the group in Slater actually settled the case out of court, which is very strange. So some money went to PETA, I guess, as a nuisance suit. Uh, but the Ninth Circuit uh, decided to rule on the matter anyway, even though the case was over. And uh, the judge, uh, in a concurrence, uh, called PETA's suit frivolous. But I guess uh, he wanted to write and said the concept of expanding actual property rights and rights broadly, broadly to animals necessitates resolving what duties comes with those rights. And because animals cannot communicate in our language, who stands in their shoes? So my question is, uh, had the monkey, right, the crested monkey, worn shoes, would that have changed this case? And my guess is no. Let's take some phone calls. Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Welcome. Hi there. Um, I I lost a, a coin collection from a storage facility. Uh, it was the, the unit was rifled. The collection was worth in excess of fifty thousand dollars. I want to know how I should proceed against the corporate. Uh, I think uh, negligence is involved. Okay. How and, and what what ha- how are they negligent? There were people living in the parking lot for four days before I made discovery. There were people living what you, what part? You talk about in the facility. It, in the parking lot, they had a unit that was on the. My unit's inside, but they had a unit on the exterior, and they had a living room on the parking lot. All right, but how does how do you connect that with uh, what happened with your storage unit? How do you connect those dots? Uh, there was also a, a fire there two months ago. Apparently, people were cooking meth in there. Okay, how do you connect? Uh, how do you connect the rifling with that group of people? Uh, it's, it, to me, it's just that they were so lax in their security. All right, and I understand that, and, and I get that. No, I understand they were lax, but how do you connect that those people rifled your storage bin? Uh, I, I can't, really. That's right, and that's exactly correct. So you can't even prove that it was there. They may have been negligent, but it doesn't connect. Because in order to prove negligence, you need four issues. You need duty. Fair enough. You need, and they had a duty to protect your stuff. I get it. Breach of that duty. Yeah, you can argue breach of that duty by letting these people in. Causation. You have to establish that that group of people caused, or the uh, people that run the facility caused your damage to occur, your theft. That one you're going to fall apart on. And then damages. Hey, you know what? Why not say you had a coin collection worth $150,000 instead of just fifty? And what are you doing well, with a coin collection not in a safe deposit box? Well, there was 120 pounds of silver, and I had to put it somewhere. And I did put all the gold in safety deposit. But uh, 120 pounds of silver? Yes. Yes. And you comes out. Go ahead. Um, I'm a little confused. Um, how much money is just the raw silver at 120 pounds? When it's, it's about fifty-three thousand dollars. All right, so uh, you're just giving the uh, the silver weight for that. Yes. Okay. Yes. Do they have video? Uh, that was one of their big selling points: is that they have video. Do they? Do they, find. they don't have video. You came to find. 
Uh, yeah, I come to find they don't have it in the whole back end where my yeah. thing was. How about, uh, do you have insurance to cover that? Their insurance, and, and you sign a waiver saying I won't put anything in there of, of value, but All I right. still feel that. Well, it, it, okay, so if you like, say you're not going to put anything of value and you put anything of value, how do you argue uh, against the fact that you signed you wouldn't put anything of value in? How do you argue around that one? Um. It, it just seems they they were so lax. At least I'm not arguing that. No, no, I'm not. I'm not arguing that at all. And I understand they were lax. So the one issue you have is causation. I told you about that. And the other issue you have is uh, how can you claim anything of value when you agreed not to put anything of value? And you're well, saying you do when, you, when you go to a bank and put it in a safety deposit box, you sign the same. No, you uh, don't. No, you don't. Yes, you do. Yes, Saying you do. you're not putting anything of value in a safe deposit box? They limit their liability at a bank. Uh, I haven't seen that, and they may limit their liability to, what, $100? What do they limit their liability to? I'm not sure. I'm but... not either, because uh, when I've ap- applied, I haven't. I have never seen that they're limiting their liability. But again, it's a question of proof. In other words, I don't think you have any place to go there. I know you're struggling and you want to. And how about your own insurance? You know, do you have a policy that covers anything you have in there? And then the insurance company is going to say, what proof do you have that you have $53,000 worth of silver or gold or whatever? Uh, just, uh, just totally screwed up. All right. This is Handle on the Law. And now Welcome back to KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. This is Handle on the Law. Oh, Robert. Hello, Robert. Morning. Uh, got a quick, quick question here. I own an LED lighting company, and we are essentially a broker for many different manufacturers. And I called one of those manufacturers out to my customer to demo some of their products. And they knowingly brought a light that wasn't going to work, and they showed up drunk to the meeting. Want to know if I have anything there? No. You know, what? I'll tell you what you have is you have a, a vendor that you're not going to touch anymore. Because here, here is the only way you could actually have any kind of a cause of action. And that is have the customer state under oath... That had that product worked and had they not been drunk, he would have bought it. And he would say, I would have spent $100,000. Okay. And uh, how do you really prove that? Right. I mean, who's going to believe that? Right. So, do I have anything with the uh, cost of business trips going out? Maybe. There? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Okay. Sure. Yeah, I think I, I think there are some real damages there. It's not speculative. Saying effectively what they did is made it impossible to sell the product. You relied on them coming out and doing at least a reasonable job. Uh, that's a reasonable expectation, even though that's not written in a contract. But no one who writes in a contract, I'm not going to show up drunk and I'm not going to bring and I'm going to bring a product that actually functions. So that's implied in the contract. But yeah, I think you can get your damages absolutely. Uh, see, sometimes there's something called implied uh, in, in the contract. Well, as a matter of fact, it's always that way. And you look at it in terms of a reasonable view of the contract itself. Elliot. Hi, Elliot. You're up. 
Hi. Yes. I have I have no living relatives. I want to set up a living trust. Why? Who do you want to leave your money to? 11-year-old daughter. That's no living relatives? Meaning, who do I trust to set to, to administer the oh, money? Oh, got it. All right. Uh, a bank? Uh, the lawyer who is going to set up the trust, if you want a lawyer to do it? A friend that you may trust? Or does everybody hate you and you just don't trust anybody? Yeah, I don't know. Everyone hates you. You hit the nail on the head. How can I trust a lawyer? I've read stories. Lawyers. Yeah, I know, but it's you know, but at some point you have to trust a lawyer. Although you can do a living trust without a lawyer at all. Uh, you can do it uh, through the website. You can do it through my website and uh, find out who's involved and who isn't. Who writes these trusts on the internet? You can just write uh, living trust uh, internet, and you'll find these companies. And then you, but you have to select a trustee. You have to select a trustee. So and, a bank could do it. A uh, bank could do it, and, and you could set it up until your daughter reaches the age of 18, and uh, then she becomes the trustee. You can be the trustee, and, and you are the trustee until, uh, well, you're the trustor, so there's no living trust until it doesn't kick in until you die. So what you do is I, I, tr- I would choose a bank. I would choose a bank okay. and let them do it, and then, and then as soon as that's over, it switches over to your daughter, who is both the trustee and the beneficiary. Got it. Yep. So I can go to the, I can go to the website. Yeah, go to the website. Yep, and then just look up uh, you know, trust. Yeah, there's a million companies out there. Oh, Zach, 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 how are you? What's, what's going on in your life? Hey, okay. I don't. I don't care. Uh, you know, I don't know why I even asked that. All right, what kind of question do you have for me? Okay, my father passes away. My mother has a stroke. Uh, my sister moved in, and uh, his power of attorney. Uh, mother has a house. Okay, wait. Oh, wait. Uh, your mother signed a power of attorney over to your sister. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And all right. And uh, okay, go I on with that. My mother had a stroke. She can't speak. Uh, she could, well, couldn't speak. Walk, she couldn't really think that good. So my other sister notarizes a quick claim deed. All right. Under, power? Wait, under power of attorney, the one sister signs your mom's name to a transfer of her property to one of the sisters, the other one notarizing that signature, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can fight that tomorrow afternoon. Absolutely. You absolutely want to unravel that, and you'll do it in about two seconds. That smells to high heaven. Yeah. Is your mom, by the way, is your mom lucid? My mom uh, passed away. Oh, got it. That's what you said. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can, yeah, you can unravel that in two seconds. There's no question about that. Yeah, how much is the property worth? Zach, how much is the property worth? Uh, about $300,000. Time to get a lawyer. Yeah. Time to get a probate and estate lawyer. Go to the website, go to handleonthelaw.com, and look at probate and estate lawyers. And I don't care if it costs you 5000 10000 whatever dollars, because you're going to sue the two sisters for your legal costs, and you are going to get one-third of that property. That's what I thought. Yep, Absolutely. Yeah, and then and then you sue their asses off. Oh, don't you love it? I love sisters like that. Uh, they're just, there's something wonderful about that. That's all. Hey, Richard. 
You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yes, sir. Hey, thank you for taking my call. So about six months ago, uh, my neighbor next door had some masonry work done for the back of his yard or the front of his yard anyway. They offloaded a bunch of gravel and dirt, whatever material they use for that. And I happen to have a classic 67 Chevelle car, which I had parked in front in, in, in my driveway uh, right next door to his house. Uh, the contractor called me about 9 in the morning and said, we're going to be working here, and, uh, and uh, your car's going to have some dust um, on it. So I don't know if you want to move it um, or, or what you want to do. He left me a message, but I was actually traveling. So anyway, when I got off my plane, I, 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 uh, he called me again and said, hey, uh, I don't want to scare you, but we have a bunch of dust in your car. It's a classic car. It's a beautiful car. Um, before you do anything to it, you need to wash it because this stuff that landed on it is like glass. It's gonna, this, is getting gonna too lo- this is getting too long. What's your question? Oh, my God. My question is, are they responsible? Aha, uh-huh. are they responsible the for any damage that they did to your car? Yes. Yes, they are. They are right, fully responsible, 100%. And the fact that they... Their adjuster said... Their adjuster said what? She said that. Since he told me there was... Bull, that's a bunch of baloney. That's a bunch of baloney. That's just not true. Sue him. How much money to fix the car up? About $3,500 to repaint it. Then that's exactly what you sue him for. And uh, you tell the adjuster, you know what? I'm taking him to court. Let him tell a judge, I was out of town. You told me I wasn't even there to move the car. And now you argue in front of the judge saying, well, we warned him. And the judge is going to go, oh, I see. Uh, Even though the plaintiff was out of town, he should have flown back and moved the car. Is that right? Is that what you're telling me? It's a dead bang winner. Thank you, Bill. All right. Oh, God, I'm getting so many winners. I get very, very upset. Oh, very upset. This is Handle on the Law. I'm what you need. I'll be your soul KFI AM640, more stimulating talk. Bill Handel here, and welcome back to Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. Uh, yeah, there you go. Sorry about that. Hey, Marissa, welcome. Hi, Bill. My question is, um, should I get an attorney or should I file on my own to the California Labor Board for unpaid wages, overtime, and final paycheck. Yeah, you could probably do it on your own. All you have to do is have proof. And uh, the more proof you have, uh, the, the stronger your argument is, uh, you're in front of a labor yeah, board. Yeah, I have time cards. Oh, yeah, I, you, could, you, you can do it yourself, probably. You just make a claim. That's what I would do. How much money we talk, how, how much money are you talking about, Marissa? About $10,000. Uh, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, and you can call an an, uh, an employment discrimination attorney. Those are the guys who specialize in that. And uh, find out if uh, they will do it. And I think it's for statutory attorney's fees. I believe that's the case. And if it is, then you want to get the attorney. Uh, there's no question because it doesn't cost you anything and they handle it all. And they, uh, But I don't know if an attorney would be willing to do that because let's say it's 13% or 15% or whatever it is. Does an attorney do it for $1,300 or $1,500? On the other hand, is it simply a form? Here's the proof and you don't even have to show up at a hearing. Then they may do it with a matter of three letters. And I don't know the answer. You know, so you have to go to the website. You know, I'm sorry? I'm sorry. Do you know if they move pretty fast, the labor board? Uh, they don't. 
but you have to go there. Uh, they don't. It's a matter of months, probably. Right. I have all the forms. All right. And yeah, yeah, you can do that. And also, my husband was fired because he asked about his unpaid wages, so I don't know if that's something. It could be. I mean, that could, that could be discrimination, but if you're in California, it's tough on uh, yeah. arguing that kind of discrimination. Well, but it's there. I mean, it does happen. Uh, not a lot. Mary, welcome. Yes. You're welcome. Thank you. My parents elected me as trustee. They have no assets, and their home is in a reverse mortgage. There may be only a small distribution of inheritance in the future. And instead of hiring a lawyer, is there a book or other easy way? Sure. They're all kind, yeah, there are all kinds of books. Uh, you can go on the Internet. You don't need a lawyer. First of all, no lawyer will take it uh, because there is no money there to pay the lawyer. And uh, if uh, when you talk about a small distribution, the reverse mortgage, uh, that stays with the company. So uh, that's that's done. It's an investment they have. So the only thing that would happen is in the event they died, uh, I believe that whatever money is left over uh, goes to them. I mean, it's not like the the mortgage company keeps all the money. Uh, It doesn't work that way or stops paying the reverse mortgage. I mean, it goes into the estate. Uh, and or it's all I think it's sold at that point. The paper is sold and uh, then uh, the house is sold and then they get their piece of it and uh, your parents estate would get their piece. Uh, but that that that's neither here nor there. There are books. Go on the Internet and just look under trusteeships and reverse mortgages and that'll do it for you. Thanks so much. Yeah, that's easy. In the end, what do I say? Go on the Internet. You know, I have a question. I mean, how many people call me where the answer is, go on the Internet? I'm going to get to the point where people are going to call up and they go, Bill, I have a legal question. And they're going to ask the legal question. And before I start answering, you'll say, so I can go on the Internet, right? Yes. Thanks for the call. Hello, Sue. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Bill. Need your advice. Yes, you um, do. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm, I have an idea. I have a, an invention idea. Where do I start? Do I need a patent lawyer, even well, you though need I a, don't have it solid? Not at this point. First of all, you have to have it solid. Okay. And what you need more than a patent lawyer is you need a patent search company because it's probably a 90% chance that whatever you're trying to patent it has already been invented. Okay. And it's sitting at the patent office. So it costs fifteen hundred, two thousand bucks to hire a company, and you can do it through a patent lawyer or do it on your own. And uh, you can certainly go to a patent lawyer and say, "What company do you recommend that if I have a patentable product, then I'll come to you?" So he may just—that's probably what I would do. And what the patent search company does is take what you're patenting and look at every patent that is similar. To what you're doing. I mean, no one has a patent on something that's just never been done before. It doesn't exist. The days of Thomas Edison patenting uh, the light bulb, actually the light bulb had been done before, but patenting uh, the phonograph, that was brand new. That had never been done before. Mm -hmm. And so those days are gone. So uh, if they don't find anything that is specific and it is patentable, what I would do is go to the company that, of course, uh, I uh, always go to. And they have an application for a patent pending. And that protects you while all this is going on. And uh, that's not very much money. And then you go to a patent lawyer. Go to the website. Go to handleonthelaw.com. And then you start the process to patent it. And it's not cheap. Okay. It's several thousand dollars. I mean, it's it's money. 
Okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, what, what kind of product? Don't give me a specific, but uh, in general, it is a food product. It is a transport. It, it's an automobile product, and it'll save lives. Oh, okay. It's, uh, for texting. Okay. All right. Like a fink. Yeah, like no, I got it. I got it. That's, okay. Uh, that makes sense. Uh, and I don't think there's anything out there because I think it would be on the cars by now. But I don't have I don't have my team yet. I don't have it built. I don't have a But you prototype. want even if you don't, you don't need a prototype. You just want to you can just patent the design. Okay. You can patent the very design, make sure you're protected. And if it can is they, Can, can they my what? team take the idea from me? No, once you patent no, once you've patented it is yours. Even a patent pending, it is yours. But, and let me give you, uh, here's some really good news. Okay. You are not going to succeed. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to tell you. The chances of patenting, number one, are minuscule. Number two, uh, very few people come up with a patent that the car companies are actually going to grab uh, because they have engineers that spend years dealing with this crap. But you know what? You never know. Sue, you just okay. never know. Uh, so that doesn't. Okay. if you don't do it and someone comes up two years from now with a reasonable idea that's close, you're going to kick yourself in the rear I end. Know. So that's, uh, that's how to do it. But you won't make it. You know, I mean, there's just no question about it. There's just god-awful no chance. Hello, Judy. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Um, I have a question for you. It's about a medical malpractice case. Okay. Um, yes, I uh, underwent a, a horrible, horrible uh, illness that was caused by medications that were prescribed for me that shouldn't be given together. All right, so they were uh, the medication was wrongly given to you, and that was the doctor who wrote the script? Yes. All right. And my, what happened was is I, I spent a couple of months going through um, treatment to Ooh. try and save my life. Oh, so it was pretty serious. I'm looking at the computer screen, blood transfusion. You were on a ventilator. Uh, I mean, it's pretty serious stuff, right? I was life flighted to hospital. Ooh, okay. So what's your, yeah, question? I mean, what's your question, Judy? Um, I, I, I guess I know I have a case. You bet. But I um, called an attorney, and in order to get started, and and I can totally understand this, he needs um, all of my records. Yep. At tw- at twenty five cents a page. Nope. And oh, you're, higher- you're, oh, you're talking. Wait a second. You're talking about uh, the medical records. People want your records uh, that are keeping right. your record. They want twenty five cents a page. Now you want to go right. to a lawyer that's going to front that. Now, if it's a okay. good enough case, a lawyer will pay that money up front. Uh, you're you're talking to the wrong lawyer. Okay. So yeah, I you just need, need to yeah, find someone yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's if it's a good case, and I'm assuming it's a pretty good case based on what you said. Believe me, a lawyer's going to front, uh, uh, you know, whatever, several hundred, a couple thousand dollars, uh, based on that. Uh, go to. Have you gone to the website to get your? Um, um, no, I haven't. Go to the website. Go to handleonlaw.com and get yourself a medical malpractice attorney and talk to them. Okay. Great. Thank you so much, Bill. Okay. I really needed your marginal legal advice. And you got it. And you got my marginal legal advice. This is Handle on the Law. And we could pull this off or push away. Because you and me have always been so close, so close to giving up. This is KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handle here. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Welcome back for marginal legal advice. Lewis. Hello, Lewis. Uh, yes, uh, how are you? Go ahead. Okay, uh, uh, um, I got one of these uh, uh, 
coming out, a coming out a traffic light uh, ticket, and um, I was supposed to pay that ticket on September the 9th, but I paid it uh, nine days later. Okay, so by the time I got to the court, I had to pay for the ticket. Uh, the clerk told me that I was that I had been put on collection. Okay, and he sent me to the collection window, and uh, I did that, and I paid for the ticket, the, the full amount of the ticket, right there. And, uh, and, and as I paid for the ticket, I was told by the collection office, uh, office uh, 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 clerk that I was supposed to pay three hundred dollars. $300 in penalties for being late. $300 in penalties for uh, as a late fee, right? Yes. Okay. And uh, by the way, how much was, how much was the underlying ticket, Lewis? Uh, it was um, uh, originally was five four four ninety, but they brought it down to uh, let's see three forty seven, but four ninety. All right, we'll call it five hundred dollars. We'll call it five. Okay, we'll call it five hundred dollars with a three hundred dollar late penalty fee. Uh, so uh, let me ask you a couple of legal questions, okay? Okay. Were you late? Sure. Okay, that helps, doesn't it? So, what is your question to me, Lewis? My question to you is whether I should pay. Of course, you have to pay. What are you going to do? What are you going to do if you don't pay? You gonna let the penalties keep on going and going and going and going? Okay. Yeah, you're screwed. You're screwed. Don't be late next time. You know when they, especially when the court, when the court says you have to do something by April first, hypothetically, and you come in April tenth, uh, what do you think? You throw the dead dog on. No, let's not do that. Okay. Hey, Mary. Hi. Hi. What can I do for you? Well. <clears throat> I have an issue here with um, our, our home. Our property is lined with our neighbor's pine trees, and there's about, I don't know, about eight or so of them. Um, any, anyway, they keep getting bigger over the last 15 years or so, and every time the wind blows, which is a lot up here, we just get dumped on. And it's a major cleanup and all that. And it used to, I mean, it's always been such a hassle, but now, our family's having health issues. Um, my allergies and all my pets. Mm, your pets are they're they they're allergic. Yeah, they've all developed allergies to and, what? And, to pine um, needles? Yeah, and and we've been told it's it's you know the vet says do you have trees by your yard? You know we're um, ear infections. Yeah. All right. Well, you okay? What you want to do clearly is. Uh, as opposed to your opinion, you need a, a medical report. You need a medical analysis uh, that says or that says yes, the cause of this are those trees. And the argument's going to be: could it be anything else? No, it's only those trees, and that has to be established. So that's problem number one. Problem number two is: how do pets get allergic to uh, to pine needles? Um, well, I don't know. I'm not a vet. That's okay. right. Okay, so you get to bring in a vet. Our vet said, "I, you know, he says I Great. see this about three times a day." All right, then he, he has to go. Then he has to go and testify, and he's going to have to say this is pine needles that are causing this, or probably, well, or probably pine tough. needles. Pardon? Yeah, I mean, I guess that would be tough. But the whole why would it be tough? 
I don't know. The hope is that you could just reason with with them, but and and say, you know, look, the law's on our side. No, it's but... not on your side because you have a matter of proof. You've got to prove all this, Mary. They're not going to take your word for it that the allergies are caused by those pine needles. You have to come in with proof. Okay, well, aside from everybody being ill, what about, I mean, if I showed, like, in one win that we have um, two trash cans full of pine needles. Well, that is, okay, that's pine needles. Now let's establish, and by the way, the cleanup of those pine needles, you can sue them for in small claims court, Mary. That's not a problem. Uh, The problem is the medical uh, situation where you just can't say I'm allergic you know, who the hell are you, Mary? When did you go to medical school? You know, are you an allergist? Well, I guess I, I, then I would need to go to mine and have yes. them test me specifically That's for right. pine needles. That's what you probably have to do. Yep. Okay. And then as far as the pets, what kind of pets? Um, we have three small dogs. Huh. And uh, your vet gets to say it was pine needles that did this. Well, he said it's trees. You, uh, he that, said okay. you have trees. Okay, but do you have trees in your yard? Um, nothing that nothing that um, has been um, littering the yard. I mean, I bet you have uh, you know wind blowing and uh, you have dust and whatever. I, I don't know, but the point is you need uh, you need proof. You need proof, and uh, all, what you really have is small claims court for cleaning up the pine needles, and maybe and maybe three dead dogs. I have no idea. Uh, whatever works works, and even then, there's no proof. Now, uh, there can be drama. You walk in and uh, you tell the judge, judge, it's my opinion that uh, the, the pine needles, uh, the allergy caused my, the death of my dogs. And uh, the judge will say, and what proof do you plan on bringing? And you, you reach into your bag and you take out your dead dog, which is small, so that's not a problem, and just put it right in front of him on the bench and said, hey, look for yourself. Now... Let me tell you what would happen. Uh, you may or may not be held in contempt for, of court. No idea. But I guarantee you that judge will be telling that story until the day he or she dies. That's a guarantee. Okay, this is Handle on the Law.